0: Hey everyone welcome to episode number 108 of the classic gaming podcast i'm robert ring and with me as always is my wonderful uh uh i don't know what you what you would call him but, I, I Co-host? but he's, pretty, he's pretty i wouldn't go that far sexy but creature yeah, that's good enough sure yeah jay tottero nice. hello what's up jay hello it's friday and and your keyboard's loud
1: you like that <laughs> i need get a new keyboard actually i uh Definitely, this thing's starting to die, and I think StarCraft is partially to blame. My end hmm. key doesn't work that well anymore.
0: You haven't had that one for very long, have you?
1: No, nah, this is one I got from Cool. Yes, you're right. Though. I haven't had this one for very long. What the hell? Wow, I just bought this one. You're right. Why is it already dying? So StarCraft does the keyboards.
0: That, that is true. I'm in a good mood. I'm a, I'm I'm always in a good mood on our uh, like all week long. Like on Mondays of the week that we record, like I get super excited already about the. Uh, about doing the next episode. So I've been in a good mood this week. And <laughs> today I'm in a super good mood.
1: Did anything cause this or what?
0: No, nah, just that we got... Just that we're Just just, 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 the po- just the Classic Gaming Podcast.
1: That's pretty dope.
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess that's a reason on its own. Well, I did, I did have some extra things though. I, I guess now that you ask. Uh, so Father's Day was a couple weekends ago. Sure, and Dad. it was the weekend... Actually, it was right after we recorded the last episode, I guess. And I got something very special. Uh oh. An, An Atari Jaguar. An Atari Jaguar. Nice. <laughs> kid. Uh yeah, I, I was gonna wait and um, I was gonna hold off on the Atari Jaguar and like get that maybe Usually we do a big present around like our anniversary and then, you know, of course like Christmas. So I was gonna get sure. it then, but I don't remember what happened, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and do it now. And so I went ahead and went all out and got the Atari Jaguar and so here's the thing. So I got an Atari Jaguar, uh, you know, obviously off eBay. And uh, this person was selling it with like several games. So I got a few games with it. Uh, this particular one also has the CD, atta- the CD-ROM, atta- or not CD-ROM, the the Atari Jaguar CD attachment. Which is notorious for not working anymore, basically. Mm. Like, I have not heard of a single person who has one of these that works. And this one was advertised as working. So I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm going to do it. And mine actually does work. It's extremely, extremely finicky. Like you have to, you have to jam it in like as hard as you can. And then like it works 20% of the time. Jeez, If if that, probably more like 5% of the time, honestly. Nobody's
1: found a way to work around that or something? Uh, no, not, foil?
0: Th- not that I know of, no. Wow. But, That's crazy, um,
1: with all the technology
0: we have, you know? Yeah, so I've, I've tested it, I've, I've gotten it actually working a few times, I haven't played any of the CD games on it, I have played a couple of the regular Atari Jaguar games, I'll talk about one of them sure. tonight. But, uh, here's the thing about the Atari Jaguar CD, not only does it look like, um, not, not only does it, like, really not work very well, you know, just as far as, like, actually getting it to function, but, and I'm not the first person to, um, to notice this by any means, but the atari jaguar with the cd attachment plugged in and then if you have a cartridge in it as well because with this because the cd attachment plugs in to where the games go so imagine like a super nintendo where you put in the cartridge in the top you know okay. this is this is the same way you put a cartridge in the top but the cd attachment plugs into the cartridge slot so it then has its own cartridge attachment on the back so you don't have to take it off in order to be able to play a cartridge on it you follow me so far barely um but when you have the cd attachment on it with a cartridge in it at the same time it looks like a fucking toilet i'm not joking let me uh i I just pulled up an image jesus it actually looks like a toilet and it's perfect too because the way the um the way the the cd attachment like the cd player opens it opens just like a toilet lid also jesus there's there's a picture
1: loading loading oh that does look like jesus (laughs) that is awful
0: yeah so normally the cartridges go in like like right where the cd is plugged into kind of like in the back of the main console sure Uh, it's kind of hard to tell from this but anyway just just as a side note the damn thing looks like a toilet so the way i have mine is i don't have the cd attachment plugged in like all the time because like i said it it's really hard to get it to work. I'm only going to plug it in like when I'm actually using it. Um, So that way I can, you know, use it reliably. I don't, I don't have to get frustrated as hell. Anytime I just want to play a regular damn game on it. But even the games, I have to really push in pretty hard to get them to work also. But not as bad as the CD. Like I, you have to jam the CD player in there so hard just to get it to, again, just to have a chance of it working.
1: What do you think the original owners did so that it's actually still working today? it sounds like it's pretty uncommon based on what you're saying.
0: Uh, to keep it working? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's um, that rare. I'm curious what they did. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe um, I, maybe that like who the person who had this one? Maybe they just got lucky. You know? Yeah, maybe. I'm not really sure. Or, or oh, you know, it could it could also be that all of the people who have one that doesn't work, maybe theirs is just kind of like this one, and they think it doesn't work because they're just plugging it in. You know, like you would any device, sure. and we and trying to and trying to do it. And not like jamming it the fuck in there, like, you know, because you wouldn't expect to have to do that. So, so maybe this is just as reliable as the rest, but it just happens that that I, that I you know, expected it to work because, you know, it said this works. So I was like, okay, well, I guess it, you know, obviously people on eBay might say that sometimes, but if it doesn't work, then I'm just going to return it and they're going to get, you know, I'm going to get my money back. So I was like, well, you know, there's a good, you know, a fair chance at least that it works. So I really tried it a whole lot and noticed that if I just jam the shit out of it getting in there, then there's a chance that it'll work. Most people probably aren't going to give it that many tries. They're going to like plug it in without like you know just using all of their strength, and it's not going to work. So they're going to say, "Oh, it's not working." So that that may be it also. So I got that. I got some games with it. It came with uh, a couple, a couple CD, a couple games for the CD ROM, and then as far as the uh, so it came with a game called Baldies <laughs> and and uh, Space Ace, which is kind of like a uh, not a sequel to Dragon's Lair, but kind of like the same type of game as Dragon's Lair, but it takes it's like a sci-fi game. And then, for the regular Atari Jaguar, it came with uh, Theme Park, Rayman... Oh, no, I'm sorry, it didn't come with Rayman, I bought Rayman. Theme Park, uh, Checkered Flag, and uh, some, some like, Bruce Lee fighting game, and White Men Can't Jump.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. we'll get to those eventually. And then, I like I said, I bought Rayman. So... That's what I've got for the Atari Jaguar. I'm very excited about it. Because this is one of those consoles that obviously it's, you know, not great. But it's kind of... We were sort of talking about deep dives last time. Like, what's a console that you would really like to deep dive into just, you know, for whatever reason. And I said NES, which I think is probably still my answer. But this is one that I've been interested in just kind of out of pure curiosity. Like, I know it's not a great console. I don't expect to find, you know, a ton of great games for it. But this is one even out of the you know i even had a lot of of the more kind of well i had several of the more rare consoles growing up even and this was not one of them so maybe that's part of it like i've never played an atari jaguar i just kind of want to see what it's all about what the games are like and that kind of stuff and then there are some good games you know with it the boxes look cool and it's kind of a uh it's kind of a unique little console so so I've how much time have you
1: spent playing it so far
0: uh i'd say maybe five hours five or six hours
1: Oh, interesting. So far, what are your so thoughts it, overall? So, like, what what games are really just catching you, and which ones are you just playing at once or twice? So,
0: so far, I've played uh, Rayman, and uh, what's the other one? I played Checkered Flag a little bit.
1: Is that a racing game? I
0: would assume that's a yeah yeah that's a racing game. And I and I played a little bit of a few minutes of uh, the Bruce Lee game. That's mostly just like when I was testing it out. So I haven't really played that one yet. Primarily, it's been like ninety nine percent Rayman so far. I've just been focusing on that because so I'm gonna that's that's one of the ones that I'm gonna talk about today on the podcast. I played that one almost exclusively because I wanted to get as much of it in as I could before uh, before we recorded today. So that's that was the one that I was focusing on, and I haven't had a a ton of time to play stuff in general, so I haven't played as much of it overall as I as I want to have or as I wanted to have played. So uh, I haven't played a ton. Most of it's been Rayman, a little bit of it's been Checkered Flag. And like a half a percent has been the Bruce Lee game. So uh, as far as the console overall, to answer your question, it's it's a little bit, the console itself really uh, is a little better than I expected, honestly. I kind of thought it was just sort of going to be a piece of shit. And in some ways it kind of is, because like I said, even if you don't have the CD attachment, you have to really like kind of mash the games in pretty hard to get them to work. But besides that, I'm pretty pleased with it overall. It work It, it wow. seems it seems to work fairly well. Uh, the ga- the games are you know fidelity wise they're good for the time. They don't hold up great overall. The ones that I've played at least. Um, in some ways they do. In some ways they don't. And you know, that's kind of a game by game basis. We'll, we'll talk about those. The controller is one of the standout things about the Atari Jaguar. It is. I don't know if you remember, but it's like. It's got three buttons, sort of like a Sega Genesis controller, but then it's also got basically, uh, imagine like it's got a whole bunch of buttons in the middle laid out kind of like a, like a calculator or like a telephone uh, or, you know, like, like, you know, buttons on a telephone or something like that. So the three Genesis style buttons are like the main ones. And then these extra ones are kind of like, you know, buttons that you don't have to use very often uh and and some games don't use them at all some games use them for like little miscellaneous things like menu stuff and and you know little options and stuff like that but it's not like ever like a shoot button for instance um the controller looks really dumb and awkward but actually doesn't feel too bad it it, you know it doesn't it's not fantastic but but it feels pretty good the uh the console works overall pretty well the graphics and everything are are again good for the time so i'm i'm pretty happy with it overall it's pretty fun we'll we'll, we'll see like i said basically my my experience with it so far is rayman so we'll we'll see we'll see how things go from here
1: my experience so far is rayman
0: yeah the other thing i got one more thing and this this was today i didn't realize until this morning that today and this is i guess we can use this to lead into do you have anything else do you you have anything to note before we jump into news because this will kind of lead us right into news i don't think so so okay so first news item the NES Classic was re-released today.
1: Interesting. I actually didn't see anything about this.
0: Yeah, it was not advertised very well. I, I read, I knew it was supposed to come out this summer, and I read something about it this morning. And I was like, well, sh- "Well, shit!" I guess I need to go get one. So I ran out to the store and picked one up, and they had plenty. The guy, I was like, I was talking to the guy um, when I bought it, and I, I got mine at Target, and he said that they got forty of them, which is more than they wow. more than they got, obviously, more than they got last time. It's also more than they got of the SNES classics, and it's more than they got of Switches and, and everything. So it seems like Nintendo is making a whole bunch of these. So, again, in my very anecdotal experience, they shouldn't be hard to find if you want to go out and grab one, you know, anybody who's listening. Yeah, last time was ridiculous. Last time it was stupid. This time they made a ton, it seems like. So, uh, so, and and I was, like, the fifth person to buy one, he said. And I I didn't even go super early. So, yeah, they didn't really, like, advertise it, which is kind of weird. But they're out now, and, I mean, it's, and it's, they're pretty cool. I, bu- I bought one, and I played it a little bit this morning. And uh, it's super awesome, you know. Obviously, everybody knows what it is by now. It's got a bunch of... Uh, it's got 30 NES games loaded on it. It's a mini Nintendo wow. Entertainment System. And the only thing is... For some reason, it only comes with one controller, even though the SNES version came with two. This one only has one, so you got to buy an extra one if you want to be able to play, you know, like two player games. That's kind of
1: annoying, actually.
0: It is a little bit, but you know,
1: especially in this day and age. Like back in the day, we kind of dealt with it, you know. Uh I I guess, I mean, that is pretty normal today, though, isn't it? Don't most consoles still come with one? Yeah, I
0: think you're right. I think they do most, just mostly just come with one. Yeah,
1: I mean, my PC only comes with one mouse and one keyboard, so I guess I can't (laughs) complain. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. sure it's perfect perfectly analogous uh so so i got one of those it's it's super fun Uh, i won't go too deep into that we'll i'll talk about those games on the podcast sometime but so far i played a little bit of uh Man, a little tecmo bowl a little excite bike
1: uh tecmo super bowl
0: uh just tecmo bowl you're thinking of the super nintendo one
1: no no i thought it was was it just called tecmo bowl really
0: yeah the nes is just tecmo bowl
1: huh i didn't realize that yeah I oh, know you're right. Yep. I, I played the shit out of that game. I would destroy you with that game.
0: You probably would. I, I, we'll see, I though. I love that game. Yeah,
1: it's I mean, some bullshit to it, though.
0: The whole game is based on being bullshit, I mean, it's paper honestly. and scissors.
1: Let's be real here.
0: Yeah, that's 100% true. So, uh, so, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Basically spending too much money on video games.
1: Nice. I have not. Though that's I did good. buy Heroes of Might Magic 3 for myself and my brother, finally. I have a legal copy.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. That's good.
1: Yeah, it's good times. I've so been playing that a little bit. Oh, yeah? I won't talk about that today, though, because I've talked about it too many times.
0: Uh, oh, one one other thing we forgot to mention. Uh, Games Done Quick is happening right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's been going on this past week. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, sure everybody's familiar with it, the big speedrunning...
1: Charity event. koo
0: charity event that they do twice a year. Uh, it's been going it's on only week. twice a year? Damn. Yes, it's, like it's twice a that Summer and winter.
1: Wow. They've been doing some small events I've seen every once in a while as well. I watched yeah, the uh, Mario some... 1.
0: Sorry. Sorry no, I was saying, yeah, Ooh, they do they do, they, they do a few uh, smaller ones that are purely online where they don't have everybody, you know, come to the same venue and all that.
1: Yeah, I noticed that as well. Okay. Then it's pretty questionable. And
0: I think they usually do those more as spur of the moment things. Like if I some noticed sort that because
1: it was, like, not talked about. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, I think.
0: It's it's sort of like if some big disaster happens and they want to try to get people together to raise a bunch of money, then usually they'll kind of do an impromptu one.
1: Oh, okay. Well, hurricane season starts in a month, so.
0: <laughs> Dude, the other day, or yesterday, we had a windstorm, and it was, like, it was insane. It was all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, it was 70-mile-an-hour winds. Oh, my God. Going through the city. And oh, thank you. it caused, there's, there were like a hundred thousand people without power. Uh, our neighbors, there's a pole in our, like right next to our neighbor's yard and it's basically hanging over their house right now. And they just my haven't, God. the people haven't been able to come and fix it because there's so many people that flat out don't have power currently. It was, uh, it was me and my daughter were out walking our dogs and it looked sort of like it was going to rain. And we were about a quarter of a mile down the street and all of a sudden just all this shit starts flying all over the place and it, it was it was nuts. So we basically ran home and uh yeah, it was it was crazy. There was just stuff flying everywhere. It was pretty nuts. So hurricane season uh may already be in season. Oh yeah.
1: It's it's coming quick. And yeah, so I watched um Super Mario one, two and three speedrun yesterday, which was very, very fun to watch.
0: Oh, I saw um I saw one where he was doing it one handed.
1: Oh jeez! Now they were doing like a quad, quad uh, oh, okay. competition to see who could beat it the fastest. It's just fun to watch, especially Mario One, Two, and Three. Yeah, those are good. It was just interesting to see.
0: How? how did, else I were those pretty good?
1: Yeah, they're pretty good. It interesting, and they like they don't use warps or anything in Mario One, so it's inter- it's it's interesting to watch them just completely destroy the entire game for the most part.
0: Uh-huh. Um, the guy doing one-handed had the NES controller in his lap. And so basically, his thumb was doing the. Uh, he, he had I'm sorry, like on his thigh, but not not the way you normally hold it. Like if you were the normally way you hold it, if you turn it 90 degrees, then he had it that way, sitting on his leg. And so he had one. I think it was his thumb, basically, on the D pad, and then his other two fingers on the uh, on the on the buttons. And he was and he he beat Mario one. It was like six minutes or something like that.
1: Do you remember when that guy blindfolded punch out?
0: I didn't see that. I remember it, but no. I, I mean, I remember when it happened, but I did not see it.
1: He got to... He only, he, the only reason he couldn't do it because of Mike Dyson. It was crazy to watch.
0: I imagine. I watched... Uh, okay, okay. Well, that that reminds me. So, of course, one of the ones I watched was Metal Gear Solid. The original. <laughs> nerd. The <laughs> nerd. <laughs> um, and I made sure to do a donation during that one. Because I got a rep. MGS. And so, I was thinking of the donation message and I was basically thinking to myself, what's the most like I didn't even spend too much time thinking about it. I basically just thought to myself, I want to come up with the most dumbass message that they'll actually read on stream.
1: Good lord.
0: And so I just typed out shit without thinking about it basically. And I'll I'll, I'll link you to it right now. I, I recorded it. I started recording. I was like, I want to keep a record of this in, in case they actually do read it. And they did. And I'm going to share it with you.
1: Did you donate? You've donated a couple times before, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I usually donate during during all the during Look all these. You.
1: You're such a good fella.
0: <laughs> good fella? <laughs> Here. I, okay, I've got it in a Google Drive, so this link should work. Nerd.
1: have a $100 donation from Rob Job Ring. Do you think love can bloom even at a speedrunning marathon where you speedrun nido games starring Solid Snake who's even cooler than Goofy combined with Guybrush Threepwood who's played Metal Gear Solid at the same time that Plywood is? Well done. Oh my god, Rob, you're such a nerd. <laughs> Like I love how she reads it as one long ass sentence. It's I know. My favorite part. I know. She read it as if there was like no punctuation. I'm assuming you put punctuation in it because you're not a degenerate. Yeah, no,
0: I'm pretty sure I did. Who knows? Maybe not, but I'm pretty. I'm pretty positive that I had at least a period in there and a few commas and stuff.
1: The other sad thing is that's not the cringiest, weirdest, or worst donation I've heard so far. Just this, just this segment.
0: So that was my honestly. I guess that was my highlight of the uh, of the things so far. You're so funny. So, oh, I know. Thank you. So, on to, on to more news. Anything else about GDQ that that we used to be talked about, or are we good? No. no good. Okay. Um, uh, a bunch of stuff. A bunch of game or a bunch of new old games have come out on GOG in really just the past week. Interesting. The most important of them. Oh no. Escape from Monkey Island. Oh, okay. The fourth and final LucasArts Monkey Island game. This one I know I never played. I thought I had never played Curse of Monkey Island, but somehow parts of it were coming back to me as I played that one for the podcast. But Escape from Monkey Island came out. I have started playing it. I'm definitely nowhere near being done with it. But uh, I, I know for a fact I haven't played this one. Again, this was the last one that was made by LucasArts. Telltale Games did a Monkey Island series years uh, about eight or nine years ago, I want to say. And I've not played that one yet either. I, I probably will, but it's not, it's not, it wasn't made by LucasArts you know, it's a telltale, kind of a telltale style of game. It's, it's not a pure point and click like, like these old ones were. So that is out on GOG. I'm super excited about that. It's not supposed to be very good. I've never heard anybody say that they like it really, but, uh, but needless, but, but regardless, I've always wanted to play it just because I never got around to it and I love the series so much, obviously. So I'm very happy about that. Then uh, also a few other games have come out. I think the two other most important ones are being Mist 3 and 4 for uh, apparently for the first time are are now available uh, to play, you know, on modern, on modern PCs. Sure. So those are out on GOG now. And then a few others, Metal Fatigue, Fallen Haven, Shivers, and Draken. D-R-A-K-K-H-E-N, are all out. Uh, I don't know much about any of those, but I know that the, this is their first time, kind of, again, just like Monkey Island and, and Myst, they're, the first time that they're out on a, on a in a playable format for modern PCs. So that's pretty cool. A little bit more news on the SNK, or on, or on the Neo Geo Mini that's coming out sometime. We have a Japan release date and price for it. In Japan, it's coming out July 24th, and it is basically $100 if you convert it to U.S. dollars not bad no not bad because it's got 40 games wow which yeah which is a whole bunch and and especially considering how much it would cost to buy those games if you didn't have one of these because neo geo games are fucking exp- expensive and even when they originally came out they were crazy ridiculously stupid expensive so this is really a pretty good deal um, they do have a list of the, or I don't know if there's a, a list per se of the games anywhere, but they have released a few basically trailers for the, for the Neo Geo mini that show all of the games that are, that are going to be on it. And it's basically all of the famous Neo Geo games, Smart. Uh, Samurai Showdown, Metal Slug, uh, King of Monsters, uh, a few other huge ones that I'm, that I know I'm leaving out that I just can't think of right now. So <laughs> It looks like I, I, I'm not a, a hu, you know, I'm not a Neo Geo expert or anything like that, but there were, there were no Neo Geo games that I could think of that are not on this. So it looks like it's going to be pretty awesome. You know, obviously we'll see if the hardware and everything is pretty good and, you know, make sure it's not like somehow the versions of the games are all screwed up or something like that, but everything looks super promising for this so far. So that's pretty cool. And uh let's see, is there anything else besides Okay, so one more thing. The, the Atari VCS, you know we've been talking about it a little bit. Yep. Um So right now where we stand on the Atari VCS is they have started. So the VCS is the new Atari console they're coming out with, supposed to come preloaded with something like a hundred uh, classic Atari games, and uh, and then it's also going to be its own PC running on, uh, or you know, PC, its its own computer running on some sort of Linux, and it, it can run some PC games. And it's kind of all vague, and nobody really knows exactly, but that's what it is. Um, it's on an IndieGoGo. It's about to. In fact, I just pulled it up. It has four hours left. Somehow they've smashed their goal, even though this is going to be $300 and all the details seem a little seem a little like a little vague the register uh which is like a news site did a interview with them they were somewhere during some event and they went to uh and Atari invited them they they didn't have a booth or anything but they invited them to basically they had a hotel room set up or something or a conference room or something to invite press to to come take a look at the Atari VCS. And so the register was one of the the press sites that, that went to go view it. And what they said was basically everything was not even a prototype. It was all just basically plastic models. So they had a plastic model of the Atari VCS that didn't do anything. They had a plastic controller that you couldn't even push the buttons on. They had this and that. And then... What they also said was that the guy they talked to, who's the director of the project, basically didn't have any information to give them. And he didn't know anything about it. Sounds um, promising. <laughs> yeah. And so they wrote up uh, an article about this saying, basically, they asked him all these questions like, yeah, you know, I'm not too sure about that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see what happens. And I basically, didn't have a solid answer for just about anything that they asked him. And so they posted this article saying that. So somebody asked Atari, I think on Atari's Facebook page or something like that. They said, Hey, I just read this article. It doesn't seem, it made it seem like you guys really don't know what's going on with the Atari VCS. Can you, you know, what's that all about? This is Atari's response. We honestly, uh, we honestly can't explain that article either. Our executive sat with that reporter for half an hour and he wrote what he wanted instead of what was discussed with him. Sadly, there are even irresponsible trolls in professional positions, I guess. We clearly said that we were bringing engineering design models to GDC. Okay, that's what it was at the Game Developer Conference. And lots of people clearly don't understand what that means. Hunks of plastic? Well, yeah, that's how you finalize the designs and confirm that you can get the look and feel you want for the finished products. Sad. So that was Atari's response to this whole thing.
1: Yeah, it's Uh, it's not a very good response.
0: That's not a very good response. Then... The register wrote up a second article where they have the audio of the interview confirming every single thing that they said in their in their in their original report on this. So when they so basically they said, Yeah, we don't know why he wrote all that stuff. He wrote what he wanted to hear. They went back to every point in the article that they made and then brought up and then have a clip of the interview where they have the guy from Atari saying exactly what they said (laughs) that he said. There's, there's an entire article with like 10 audio clips confirming that what they wrote originally was in fact accurate. Uh, one of the things was they asked about the, the delay, which was, uh, it was because this was supposed to, I think come out like, december and then they didn't even start the pre-orders or you know they didn't even start i'm sorry not even pre-orders but they didn't even start the funding until you know like a month ago and they said oh well uh console delays happen all the time why are you why are you singling us out and they basically said no they don't really happen all the time and when they do they they explain what happened and you guys haven't explained it and then they said something like Basically, they said it's just the same as you know. Sometimes when NASA launches a shuttle, they have to de- they have to delay it, and this is exactly this is no different from that. <laughs> that was Atari's response <laughs> to their to the console being delayed, and yeah, and they have uh and they have audio clips of him saying every each and every one of these things. So I don't know why you would, well, you know who who nobody knows anything about what's going on right now, but it's really funny that they would try to call out the register and say, we don't know what they're talking about. We didn't say any of this when they knew that they were recorded during the entire damn interview. It really doesn't make Atari. It doesn't make Atari look too good.
1: This is, this is that time when, you know, people need to not support developers or, or producers yeah. to do things like this. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was, so it is really frustrating. Um, You know, the, Atari VCS, as you and I have discussed many times on this podcast, it doesn't seem, they they haven't really communicated why we should spend $300 on this very well. And uh, and there have been kind of a few things about the project that have turned me off. Just like, why would anybody want that? We don't, We barely know what this is. But at the same time, I was always like, well, you know, if people want to fund this, if they want to find out, you know, go for it. But now it really, aside from just it being, the details being vague, this kind of takes it to a whole nother level where it really seems like they have something to hide. You know? Yeah. So, that was, uh... Ugh, I just...
1: I try not to be negative, but I feel like that stuff happens way more than it should. You know what I mean? Like, it just... Yeah, I agree too. it's so frustrating.
0: Yep, it is. So... That's where things go with Atari right now. <laughs> this will be very interesting to see how it plays out. It's supposed to come out next summer. And uh I have a feeling this is gonna be a uh, a fun ride to keep track of. I
1: was just reading Sony Sony is not gonna allow cross play for Fallout seventy six.
0: Uh huh, yeah, I heard about that.
1: Jesus, like, come on guys, like what year is it? Like this is why whenever people are like, oh, this console's better than this console, I'm like, or I can just get a computer. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can just port everything. Yep. God, i want to buy a console but i'm so tired of the console exclusivity and this bullshit and it's like ugh. I, th- I actually think i'm gonna switch though
0: I yeah I was sure about to say, that's what I was, I was about to say just just get a switch and, and don't yeah that's what,
1: it. what i think my head's at i mean between the mario game that came out and there's a couple of games that are coming out that i saw in the future that oh the new mario party which is great it's going to be like the old the good Oh ones, yeah
0: yeah
1: dog shit most recent one so i think i'm i'm gonna switch here pretty quick
0: you can go for it
1: yeah i think so uh i'm Got a few more financial goals on it, and then I think I'll do so.
0: You're gonna get Octopath Traveler? I don't know what that is. Oh, you don't know Octo? Oh, okay. I think it's an RPG. It looks. It okay. really looks. I think you're gonna. It looks like a type of RPG that you would like. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it's made by Square.
1: Interesting. I've not heard of it. I'll take a look at
0: it. Yeah, I have pulled up. It's Octopath Traveler. It, 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 the graphics look really cool too. Cool. Uh, that's all I got for news. So let's talk about games. Sure. Uh, we have our game of the quarter, which we'll talk about last. We got to keep people on edge. Game of the quarter is Forty Winks for PS One. We'll get there. Do you have ga- a Do you have a second game to talk about? Yeah, of course. Because I've got several. So you do too. Okay. Why yeah. don't um? How about you go first? I'll, I'll, I'll get my. you've been talking for a while. If you want me yeah. to, if you want to take a break, that'd be great.
1: On your team, okay. Um, just for you, Robert. I decided to play an Atari game. <laughs> but uh, it was my Shit. own and misses for your birthday, even though your birthday is nowhere near this. Um and also, I, I uh, wanted to I wanted to play a gauntlet game and I was like, eh, I, I played the original gauntlet a couple times at arcades when I went to some local arcades here and I was like, eh, maybe I'll give it another shot and kind of test it out. So I actually played two versions. I played uh, there's a there's a modded version somebody made that's supposed to be more geared towards like a home uh more of like a just be able to play your house as opposed to the arcade version Mm -hmm. because the arcade version i was reading people are saying it ramps up very quickly and it gets ridiculous like ridiculous ridiculous um where the because they're 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 trying to force you to die right and to spend more money on on tokens oh sure yeah so somebody created a a less ridiculous version so this came out in 1985 um i don't know when when this version that, that i've been playing i i tried the arcade version arcade version for a little bit but like i said it it just It gets ridiculous. So, so gauntlet. Obviously, you know everybody's seen the ones for sixty-four. This is it's a very similar idea. You basically pick. I originally I was like, oh, there's only two champions. You can only pick between the warrior and the wizard because I scrolled up and down. Rope. If you scroll to the left, you get the you get the archer. scroll to the left, you get the valkyrie. If you scroll to the right, you get the archer. I found that out mistakenly um, after doing numerous playthroughs. I just thought there were only two champions because I was like scrolling up and I'm like, okay, (laughs) warrior. Okay, scroll down, wizard. Okay. So, uh-huh. anyways, um, the game has a couple mechanics to it. You can obviously move around. You can move at angles, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then you can use potions, which do damage based on your magic skill. Uh, wizards obviously have higher magic skill to start. Uh, no, the what?
0: Hold on. Back up a little bit. I don't understand that. What do you mean? Wizards have higher you're, magic skill? Are you being serious? Or? <laughs> no, I'm okay. Come okay. on. I, Come you on. never know
1: with you. Hey, listen, I never know I with never you. You never know with you. Um, so, yeah, as you're picking your original characters, I believe there's there's like three or four stats. It's like... Defense, offense, magic. And I think speed is one of them, and the Valkyrie has more speed than the Warrior, but has less defense and strength. Um, obviously, the Archer is very quick. It's like agility, so it's very quick and, and uh, does decent damage, but is not very tanky. And then the Wizard is very weak, but has high magic. And so essentially, it's like a top-down view. Um, there is a couple things you can collect in the game. There's treasure, um, which gives you score. Um, there is keys, which open doors. And will most levels, on, back
0: up keys do what now oh my god i'm gonna kill you um
1: so the keys open doors but there's only a limited number of keys and there's more doors than keys so they try to trick you into getting yourself into a dead end it's not a it's not like a lock or anything it just prevents you from getting bonus bonus items in the levels okay but you can still advance yes you can usually i haven't reached a point where i've gotten to a, a i believe you can get to a lock state i, I don't know for sure but i haven't run into one because i've been okay. very smart about it i'll usually like scout around every direction before i waste a key or i will only open a door if there's another key in the room so being kind of smart about it mm-hmm. but i would not be surprised if you could get a lock state just because <laughs> you know um so the idea of the game is you it's a button smasher just like the the newer gauntlet type games um you have an attack ability that uh, every time you swing fires off a um, a missile type. So like the warrior throws an axe, the archer shoots a bow, um, and so on and so forth. And there are enemies. Most enemies have one health. Some have two. And then they spawn from these little piles. And if you hit the piles, sometimes they have one health. Sometimes they have two health. Now this is the part that really f- confused and frustrated me for the first little bit. They spawn faster than you can kill them a lot of times. So even in the early levels, so like let's say you're <laughs> there. Let's say there's four quadrants, right? Because the first level is very simple. It's just like a, you start in the top left quadrant very open, and then mobs just kind of start spawning below you, like directly below you. But then to the right, there's a room, which is walled out, so you can't get in there. You have to go all the way around to get in there. But there's a there's a spawn point that is producing minions as you're walking your way there. To your way there. There's also one at the bottom right, which is also producing units. And I don't believe they spawn when they're off screen, but when you're trying to advance a level, you have to clean up the mobs where you're currently at. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those hatcheries will sit on your screen but you can't get to them. So they're just producing minions and it gets ridiculous. Like there, there are times I was getting to, there's like 50 or 60 mobs on the screen. You don't have AOE other than magic, which you need to save your magic for, you know, very serious situations. So you basically will get them into a funnel and just start teeing off on them and just take them out as fast as you can.
2: Mm -hmm. Just
1: kind of weird. And if they break through somehow, or if you goof and get in there, you just get destroyed. And every time you get hit, um, you take a certain amount of health. You also, um, hit them back so if they if there are a two health minion and they hit you they take one damage and you take you know eight damage or something right and then if they only have one health then they just die um you start at like a thousand health ish or so and you lose one health every second because again it's an arcade style game so you know they're trying to limit your play mm-hmm. um you can have you, you can find food on the ground which gives you like a hunt anywhere I, i've only seen like 100 health so far from it and then so you just kind of progress through the levels and there are certain areas where you can get ports where you can like if you clear the level and you know, find a bunch of extra keys and clear a bunch of extremes, you may find a warp that'll get you like level 4 or level 8. And at first I was like, oh cool, that's kind of nice. I'll kind of skip the early levels. No, you don't really want to. It gets really hard really fast. And the mobs hmm. start to hit very hard. And the weird thing is the mobs can hit through walls, yet you can't. And imagine, you know like Zelda, uh, it's almost like the first Zelda. You know like the castles where you have those, there's blocks randomly placed in the room that you yeah, can use yeah. in the LOS. It's like that, but imagine the mobs are firing through it. And they do good damage, and they have pretty good accuracy, <laughs> and, and they you fire you can't fire fast. through it? Nope, can't fire through it. And the <laughs> crazy part bullshit. is, a lot of times, especially at one of the levels, I got to like the 10th level a couple times and it's it just gets ridiculous. Like, it's just, the mobs spawn so fast and they're hitting you through the wall and you're trying to run but you're getting hit and you're bleeding out over time because it's an arcade style. It just gets crazy. And so I tried a bunch of different heroes and, and I've had the most luck with the archer so far just because really, he's really, or I think it's a he, uh, he is very fast and, and, you know, can clear up mobs very quickly so that you can actually destroy the hatcheries. But the game overall is just, it's kind of frustrating because, like I said, you get to the point where there's so many mobs on the screen, but you can't deal with them because you only have very limited AoE in the game. So I was like, eh, it's, this is all right. And I, you know, I played it. I would get as far as I can. i die, take a break, come back, do it again. And it's just like, this is kind of fun. But the redeeming quality is the music. The music is crazy good. It's, it's very, very good. It's, it's a similar tone to Final Fantasy 1. That's the, that's the comparison. I kept finding similarities between this and Final Fantasy 1 and I don't know if you remember. Final Fantasy One has some really great music. The intro music's really good. The first cutscene of the game is really good. The battle music's good. Oh, it's just really, really good. But you know, it's it's an NES game, and this is an Atari game. It's it's just it's bizarre how good they did with a music score with such simple tools. Uh, the sound effects are not good. It's it's kind of obnoxious at times because oh yeah, it gets very repetitive. And when you're spamming abilities, you're like, oh please stop. It's just. <laughs> It's so obnoxious. Also, every time you start the game over, there's like this slight tutorial thing where every time every time you do something for the first time, like you hit an enemy, you kill an enemy, you pick up treasure, you get a key, you get hit, etc. etc. It pops up a little pop-up to tell you what
0: happened.
1: <laughs> for like three seconds.
0: So it's like it's you like, got hit. You got a key.
1: Yeah. You took eight damage. You picked up a key. Keys are used for doors. You took three <laughs> damage. You killed a mob. You got gold. You uh... killed a hatchery. You finished the level. Yeah, like it's just it's just obnoxious. But all, in all this game's pretty. This game's alright. I I do think this game would be exceptionally more fun if I was playing with more people, because uh, it is up to four player, which is pretty impressive Were for the time. You just playing by yourself? I have no friends, Robert. All my okay. friends are dead. That's I thought. Um, but the one thing I would say would be very frustrating is you could easily cut people off, like you did in the newer Gauntlets, where they can't progress because you have them boxed into a corner, <laughs> because the camera's locked on.
0: You know, <laughs> all right, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that could get very irritating. I think this would take a lot of coordination. And again, it's you know it's an Atari game, so it's these Controls are not perfect, but you can walk in an angle, which is kind of nice. I was very impressed by that. Oh,
0: um, uh, you gives can you a huge advantage. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. A huge advantage. But it, it's a pretty fun game. Um, I would definitely like to play try it with other people. Maybe next time, we group up and we go to an arcade. We can check it out. But I don't know. It, it's interesting to see the roots of what uh, what this game became. It is crazy because it literally is like, okay, we have this game, and here's the style. Here it is for 64 better graphics, some slight changes, but it's still the the true essence of this game. So it
0: was the 64 version that you played, the Nintendo 64?
1: No, this was the Atari version. I played the arcade Atari Wait, what did version. you say
0: 64? Because the
1: 64 is. is the most well-known one. Oh, okay but, saying, but you're, okay,
0: but you're not talking... Okay, so you played the original, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, so what I'm so, saying is I can yeah, see... Sure. It really is like they kept the essence for the new, the 64 one. Like it, it's Oh, okay, I
0: understand what you're saying. Very,
1: very similar concept, yeah.
0: Huh, okay, so... Not that that fantastic.
1: Yeah, it was alright. right. Nothing crazy.
0: All right. I've got two to talk about before we move on to our game of the quarter. Uh, Why don't we start off? I'll start off with Rayman, which I've been wanting to play forever. So this is Rayman for Atari Jaguar 1995. This is on my list of games that I wanted to play this year on my uh, New Year's gaming, uh, not resolutions, but games that we want to play in 2018. So finally got to it. Uh, I've been really wanting, I never played any of the Rayman games growing up. ever. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I bought Rayman Legends, you know, a few years ago. Uh, I've talked about it plenty of times on the podcast. I absolutely loved it. One of my favorite games ever. And so then after that, of course, I was like, well, now I got to go back and play some of the other ones. So I really wanted to go back and play this one. Finally got a chance to. And it's, good for the time and it doesn't hold up very well so it is a 2d platformer that's what all the rayman games are and basically it's it's basically just you trying to get from you know to to the end of the level there are there is a quite a bit of collectible well i guess not 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 a ton there's a little bit of collectible stuff but it's it's not really vital you're supposed to be finding these little guys in cages throughout throughout each level and there's I believe seven. I want to say seven of them per level. I might be a little bit off on that. Jeez. And usually so there were some levels where I didn't find any. Usually I would find like two. Um, and then there were some where I'd find more, of course, but a lot of them were pretty hidden. And I kind of got the sense that it's sort of, it's sort of a uh, Donkey Kong Country style, where you have to do stupid shit to find the ones where you know it's like, oh, People you got to
1: to Donkey Kong Country. How dare
0: you? <laughs> you know, where it's got like you got to fall off this yeah, yeah, ledge, and then you just die if there's not something hidden there. Yeah. Um, I kind of got the sense. I, I don't. I can't. I don't know for sure that that's the case, but that's really what it seemed like. Because there were a couple places where I was kind of thinking to myself. For some reason, I just feel like there's something down there, but I'm not going to jump down there and find out because you also have limited lives and limited continues. So. Wow you can't just you know toss away your lives checking on stuff like that and I really didn't want to have to start over or anything like that I'm not 100 percent sure if you have to start all the way over when you lose all your continues but I just assume that you do so I've, I've been really careful on my lives and even kind of restarting the game you know if, if I if I'm playing a level and lose a life then instead of just moving on I, I've, I've been starting all you know turning it off and on so that I don't waste that life because you know they're limited. So some of that's a little bit weird, but you don't have to collect all these guys to to finish the level. It's just kind of like, oh, you, you should save them you know when you get a chance to. So it's not it doesn't really affect anything if you don't. So that's good. And then besides that, there's just little blue things which are basically the equivalent of Mario coins. And I, I think if you get 100 then you get a new uh, you get an extra life and you know basic kind of platforming type stuff. You do have an attack. You can punch people, and that's that's basically it. If, aside from that, it's you jumping around, landing on stuff, dodging enemies, punching bad it's guys. A
1: Was it a collectathon? Like the '64 one?
0: I I never played the '64 one. So I you a collectathons
1: say. where you just massively collect things to unlock further levels to progress. No, the game. it's it's
0: not like that. Okay. I, it may be considered a collectathon. I'm not really sure. The the one I played for the Rayman Legends kind of. Felt a little bit like one, but it, but again, it wasn't a vital part of the game. You could definitely beat the whole game without, I I think you had to collect a certain amount of things to, to get certain, you know, to, to progress through the game. Sure, Like certain levels would be locked until you collected a certain amount of this or that, but it wasn't usually uh, too hard to get that many. And it wasn't like you had to collect a hundred percent of the stuff either. So it's a little bit in that vein, but, but, but for me, it's definitely tolerable as far as that aspect of it goes. Because I didn't feel like I was having... I never had... Let's put it this way. I, in this game, I never had to backtrack and do anything. Um, I don't even think you have to get all of them to unlock later levels. I think it's purely based on progression. And this is just extra stuff. In Rayman Legends, there's a little bit of that. Again, to a very tolerable level, I was fine with it. And I had so much fun with it, I was 100% in the game anyways. In this one, I don't think there's really any of that, to answer your question. Uh, in a very long-winded fashion. So I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. Um. so here's the thing the game looks again for its time it looks and sounds really good the graphics are neat the, the, the designs of the levels are really cool there's one world where everything is is musical based so there's big flutes sticking out of the ground or not sticking out of the ground usually actually hanging from the sky um, everywhere there are these guys holding bongo drums and they they kind of move them back and forth and they're, they're platforms that you have to jump on and there's musical notes, and the musical notes are all really sharp, so you can't touch, the, the, touch those or else you know you take damage. That kind of stuff. The music is not particularly memorable or good, but...
1: It's in it very... I guess that's... Uh, the newer ones, I believe, Rayman 64, yeah. I think it's very repetitive music.
0: Like I don't track. know, but in Rayman Legends, I had some of my favorite music I've ever had, I've ever experienced. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm yeah.
1: thinking of the wrong one, then.
0: So, yeah, I wouldn't say it was repetitive. It, it Maybe may this one, yeah, it was a little bit, but... You know, n- nothing worse than what you would expect for a 1995 platformer. Sure. Um, it is very hard. The game is much harder than you would expect it to be. Um, and it's not that it's... It, what makes it bad is it's not hard in an interesting way. It's not mm. It's not challenging. In
1: yeah, much- that's a good way to put it. It's the word that I love to hear.
0: Yeah, it's not. Challenging. It's just difficult to be difficult. It's just difficult. To be, exactly. It's just difficult yeah. to be difficult. It's you die because you don't know what to do a lot of the time, Ugh. or or you jump onto a platform that's kind of barely visible, and then when you get there, there's a bad guy standing right there, you know, but you couldn't see him because he was off screen a second ago. So it just then, takes
1: multiple playthroughs.
0: <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there are some really difficult jumps. That don't really work very well because the game isn't designed to be super pre- precise. It's designed to kind of be fun and, and and you know, have neat designs and neat, neat environments and, you know, neat looking bad guys and that kind of stuff. But then, like, sometimes it, it throws in these parts where you have to hit these jumps just perfectly. And there was one level that I kept dying at the very end of. There's this one really hard jump that you have to do at the end you're, you're on this this ball that's kind of floating sort of in a circle and you have to jump off it at exactly the right part to just barely make it onto this ledge you don't even make it onto the ledge really you grab onto it because he can grab onto ledges if you if you hit them and you, you know with you know your upper body and not your feet and you have to jump exactly at the right time to be able to grab onto it and it took me 10 tries probably maybe six or seven tries just getting to the end of this level over and over again and trying to make this jump perfect. Because if you miss the jump, you automatically die because you fall into a pit. So that was super annoying. Um, Especially since I'm trying to conserve lives because you have limited lives, limited continues. So I'd reset the game, start the level over, try it again uh, and miss it again. Start over. Finally, I got it. And then the next level was, just as bad, if not worse, and that was ultimately where I, where I stopped playing. This was probably, I don't remember exactly, roughly six or seven levels into the game. Maybe um, this this the next level after that. It's in this same musical world again, and at the very end, I still don't know what it what I'm supposed to do. There are symbols, you know, like the like clashy like drum, you know, like symbols that you bang together, but they're they're horizontal. And there's one on top and one on bottom. And so it, they look like they're going to smash onto each other. So I jumped on top of the top one so I couldn't get smashed in between them, you know, and then went to the very edge and there's nothing there but open space. So I just jumped as far as I could. And you have this helicopter thing you can do with your hair that makes you float and you can
1: oh yeah that's you right.
0: go a little bit farther. And I used that and it went as far as I could and just nothing. I fell into a pit and died. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I got to get in between them maybe. So I played the level over, I jumped in between them and they, uh, they smashed me and I took damage, but I wasn't dead yet. And I noticed like, I don't know if I had to do something to get them to move, but sometimes, sometimes the symbols would kind of move to the right a little bit. So they're basically a moving platform, but they still smash together on each other. So I have no clue what I'm supposed to do because it seems like I'm supposed to get on them and let them carry me somewhere. But yep. at the same time, they're they're slamming down on me, and there's no way to avoid it. So, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so, it's stuff like that. That's just stupid. It's, it doesn't require skill. It requires you to basically figure out some arbitrary thing that's going on, you know? So, that was kind of annoying. Um, and just overall, the level's not all of them were super hard, but there were some pretty tough levels and they're kind of sneaky. Sometimes they'll be fairly easy for a while and then just throw something at you, that you're really not expecting that the level doesn't like kind of prepare you for in any way. And so, uh, yeah, I can't say that I really enjoyed this that much. I played it a good bit and I don't know. I have really no idea what percentage, how, how far I got through the game percentage wise, but, uh, I can, I can appreciate it for, I can, I can tell by looking at it and listening to it, this is a nice presentation for the time. But <laughs> gameplay-wise, it's really lacking quite a bit, I think. So, I was a little bit disappointed by that because I loved Rayman Legends so much. I wanted to go back to this one and love it. You know, I didn't think I'd love it as much, but I was like, well, I'm going to really like this game probably because it's Rayman and I see what they're doing with it and I really like that one. But no, it's, it's just not that good anymore. The second game I played, this will go a lot quicker because you've talked about it, and you know a lot more than I have, and you probably talked about it in much more detail than I can. Age of Empires 2.
1: Oh, what a great game.
0: This is a strategy, or almost a strategy RTS. This (laughs) is a RTS real-time strategy game, PC, 1999. This game is very good. It's a a historical RTS. Um, Really, overall, in quality, I feel pretty comparable to most of the other good real-time strategy games when you think of stuff like starcraft or warcraft or uh, or red alert
1: it's definitely comparable Uh, i wouldn't put red alert in that category personally but no i i I, I think red alert is a good game i don't think it's at the caliber of age of empires of starcraft of warcraft you know i don't i I don't
0: i don't either but but just kind of that same general Yeah, okay, I agree with that. Out of those, it's probably the least. I I would say it's comparable, maybe, still. Um, But regardless, it's of that caliber. It's a very good real-time strategy game. So you have base building, you have resource harvesting, you are building up your base, you're producing units, you're advancing your technology. Uh, Typically... It seems, well, tell me if this is the way people normally, do you normally play with multiple teams on a map or do you usually do 1v1? Because I only played against the AI. I didn't play it, any. It
1: really depends. It depends what you want to do. Okay. Um, I've done both. Okay. So, But uh, generally, I, when I play with people, I just do the, the group 2v2.
0: Okay. I played um, a couple just Ooh, purely you against.
1: Play? I have some decent strategies oh, in that game, actually.
0: I don't even remember. Okay. Because this was, because I've been holding on to this one, because it was like two months ago when I played this. I just hadn't had a chance to talk about it yet. I don't remember what what. Um, you know
1: what your your castle some, unit was. Your castle. There, there's there's some variances based on which. Um, is it countries? I think it's which country you play.
0: Basically, which country? Which culture?
1: Which culture? Yeah, um, and then.
0: So so you so let me, let me just back up a little bit. Anybody listening? So the I guess one of the main things that sets it apart from a lot of the other RCSs is, of course, it's historical based. Um, but also you advance through different eras, basically while you're playing the game. So, and it's kind of, um, it's kind of just another, another version of, of technology or kind of another layer of technology.
1: Yeah, exactly. You get a layer, you get a hive in that game. You start in the feudal. Then you go to the, I don't even remember. I know the last stage is this there's castle age. There's feudal. I can picture right Four total. There's four. Oh, what is it? It's Castle. Is one of
0: them Bronze Age? No. No?
1: Feudal is the earliest one. You go into... Oh, man. This to driving me nuts. I want to know. Oh, you start in the Dark. Then you go to Feudal. Oh, Dark Feudal. Okay, yeah, yeah. Then you go Castle. And then Imperial. Imperial is the last one.
0: Okay. So... Um... And so it's kind of like you unlock – as you progress in technology, as you're researching technology, then you get certain buildings and stuff. And it's, and it's like, okay, now you can – it says basically, okay, now you can advance to the, the Feudal Age or whatever. And you yep. click a button to advance to the Feudal Age. It basically upgrades all your stuff. A ton stuff. of
1: resources too. Oh my god, it's a ton of resources.
0: Yeah, it costs a ton of resources, upgrades all your stuff, makes your units and your buildings look different, but they're also stronger and everything. They look
1: way better, don't they? It's it's so yeah, interesting and they look way- a, a –
0: yeah, they do. I love
1: that mechanic. I really do. I think it's a super cool mechanic.
0: I think it's pretty cool too. Yeah. I I, I love the way that they change, not only just in their stats, but the visual design of all of them. I yeah. do think that's pretty cool. Um there is uh there's there is more resource gathering in this game than in a lot of other RTSs, especially in terms of how of the how many different types of resources. You have to gather food, wood, stone, and gold. Usually there's two resources in a game like this that you have to together. Um, you have to have, you know, and everything costs a certain amount of several different things. Most yeah. of them cost some gold and something else. So buildings. Some food.
1: Gold and food are the two big ones. Gold and food are and, the
0: big ones? Okay. Yeah, I would
1: say stone is the least useful one. So usually, primarily buildings require lumber and gold, and then uh-huh. infantry require gold and food. Okay. That's usually how it goes with
0: it. And, and usually the gold and stone are found... And not very large deposits, but they're all yeah. throughout the map. So you you have to do a lot of kind of not expansion in the sense that you're building a whole base, but kind of pseudo expand like mini expansion in the sense that you you have to build a gold mine over in this place to be able to mine gold from this. You great,
1: know, that's a great way to put it.
0: Yeah, gold mine. Yeah, and so those are kind of spread throughout the map, and they deplete not super fast, but fairly quickly. So you can't just sit on one forever. Um, and then for food, you can you can hunt. But you can also start building farms, farms which are yeah. more kind of a permanent supply of food. Uh,
1: hunting is usually early game, yeah. And then you go into farms or fishing. Fish, if, uh, fishing through boats is really powerful too, because you can build uh, fish farms. Very, oh very
0: right, good. right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I played the shit of the game. I love that game.
0: Yeah. The what, what, what am I? So it's a good game. You know, to me, mechanic wise, it. it It doesn't have a whole lot that's really different from any other RTS. It's really the main things that stand out are, I guess, really just the things I've said so far, the multiple different types of resources and then advancing through the different ages. Um, What what else, what am I leaving out that kind of makes this game stand out?
1: Um, what I love about this game, one of my favorite things, is each um, each faction, when you get to the Castle Age, has a unique unit that is specific to them. So for in- instance, the Spanish have conquistadors, which are mounted gunmen. Um, there's a race that has uh, huskarls, which are these um, very barbaric-looking uh, gentlemen with usually an axe and a shield there's just such a variety of them there's there's a i think it's the british have longbowmen which are unbelievably disgusting it's one of my favorite builds and it's just it's so fun because you're like oh i want to play this race oh i'm gonna play the japanese i'm gonna get samurais and so you just kind like, of build your way up there then you start getting samurais you're just like this is kick ass and you start getting upgrades for him then you get super you get there's a tier two you get uh of your specialty unit and it's just like oh it's just so cool i love <laughs> that, that's like my favorite thing about that game is that exactly
0: Okay, cool. So, yeah, so I'm not really missing anything. No, um, no
1: not really. Not that I can think of.
0: So I, I had a good time with this game, but it's not a game that I would return to and play a whole bunch. Uh, I think a lot of that's probably because I never, I didn't play it when it originally came out, so I don't have, you know, super fond memories of it or anything like that like, like you do. Um, yeah,
1: I, I just think it's a good RTS. Like I go back and play Brood War. I go back and, and play Command and Conquer every once in a while. I I go back and play this game a lot. I just think it's a it's a good RTS. It's a well rounded RTS, and that's, that's why people still play it today.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good way of describing it. It's just a really well rounded RTS with with you know as as we've pointed out, so several unique things. For me, if I want to play an RTS, I'll probably go back to something like Warcraft three or Starcraft, and maybe even red alert because it's been so long since i played that but you know stuff like that i don't see myself returning to this one very much um but i but i definitely as i was playing it i was again that same exact feeling this is just a really really well rounded game and it's fun and it and it is well balanced it's got some cool I will campaign is not good
1: I know some people really rave about the campaign in this game because you kind of go through history and you get to do the different There's like historical campaigns you get to do.
0: Uh-huh. I
1: find it obnoxiously boring. It, it's, it, it completely removes me from the RTS element. In a lot of levels, you don't have bases. You just have units. And oh, Micro really? is not very intricate in that game. It is, but it isn't. Like StarCraft, you know, Micro is very intricate. Brood Orb, Micro is very intricate. In this game, I feel like it's kind of lackluster. Like, it's just... There's some things you can do, but I just don't feel like you have as much control during. I don't feel like the micro is as critical as it is in other RTSs. Interesting. Could just be me. I may not be very good at the game, but that's just kind of my opinion.
0: Okay, cool. That's good. Yeah, I, I didn't play the campaign, so I so that's yeah, that's good bother. to hear. Uh, I, I pretty much t- stuck with skirmish, and I do like how the skirmish maps. It's it's either correct me if I'm wrong, but either you pick a an actual historical map, or it just yeah. random, or it just randomly generates a map.
1: Yeah, you can even randomly generate them. I, I, I like some of the um, historical ones, but like the Archipelago, however you say it, is that you say it?
0: Uh, Archipelago? The ones
1: that are like islands. I freaking hate island maps in that game. Uh,
0: I hate island maps in basically any RTS. Yeah, in most
1: RTSs, I just cannot stand island maps. Like, Boat Micro has just never been done well. Like, it's
0: just...
1: <laughs> I hate Boat Micro. Uh,
0: yeah, I can definitely see that. I didn't, I didn't play any... I don't think the maps I played really had any water, so I didn't. Pretty, I didn't use yeah. them. I think there was one that I played that had water, but I couldn't think of another RTS, at least from from this era that that uses randomly generated. Not maps. from that
1: era, not that I could think of. No, but more like more recently, like I think of like Civilization, which Civilization does an okay job with. with
0: yeah, that's a little micro. bit different because it's. That I I think it's. Since that's not that's not an RTS, so I don't know. There's something that seems. I guess that's about it true. I guess
1: it isn't. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's not. Yeah, it's not.
0: And part of the point, and part of the point of Civilization is it, is sort of it has to be randomized because a big point of the game is discovering where everything is around you, what everything, what resources are nearby, what civil, what other civilizations might be nearby, and that kind of stuff. It's true. Um, and that's that's never really been a big part of of RTS's. So that was kind of cool. true. I, I thought that was kind of neat. So there are my two games. It's time to move on to our game of the quarter. Our first ever game of the quarter. Yes, it is. 40 wings came out for the PlayStation in 1999. Uh, This was basically, this was randomly selected for our first ever game of the quarter. If anybody is just listening to, for the, to this podcast for the first time ever, What we are doing with the game of the quarter is, uh, since Jay and I always play different games, we thought it would be nice to every once in a while have a thing where we both play the same game. And also, uh, anybody, any listener who wants to play it also also plays it and then writes in their thoughts about the game as well. So we can kind of have one game that everybody plays. We can kind of see, we can kind of compare all of our thoughts about it. So this is our first one, and now is the day where we're going to be talking about it. Uh, well, how about I'll start off and kind of give the background, and then I'll let you talk about the gameplay a little bit. Does that sound good to you, Jay? Sure. All right. So um, this is a. It's a 3D... three D. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a three D platformer. It is a little bit of. It is a. I would consider this. It a collect-a-thon. is a very much a collectathon. Um, the but the cover of the game says "Move over Mario." Uh, as
1: Christ, uh-huh. I didn't know that. Oh, you hadn't seen this? No, I didn't see the cover. The, oh,
0: the cover says, move over Mario, but the kicker is, it's a quote from the official Nintendo magazine. Really? And I actually, I, I found an archive of, of that issue, and it's not, it's, a, it's slightly misleading. The reviewer doesn't actually say that in the review of, of the game, but they, but they they use that as kind of a subtitle of the review it's it's it is not even so much a review it's kind of like a hype piece for the game you know and it's kind of titled 40 weeks move over mario and then they go and then they move in and then they talk Ugh. about the game so they don't ever say oh this is better than mario it's kind of a uh, it's kind of more just to have a nice catchy phrase to talk about the game uh, try but to yeah hype up
1: this game oh
0: my Try to hype up this game so here's the plot there's a boy and a sister they're going to bed their mom tells Wait, them, the other one was a girl.
1: I didn't know the other one was a girl. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was two boys.
0: Nope. It's a boy and a girl. The, uh, Holy shit, how did mind you not... blown. Yeah, really. I don't know really.
1: how I missed that. Sorry, Robert. I don't assume genders, so thanks.
0: Well, I mean, I, I'm still trying I'm to kidding. wrap me, I'm still trying to wrap my head around uh magicians using magic, so so I can I can understand In wizards. <laughs> yeah, wizards using, using magic. <laughs> so there's boys that are going to bed. Their mom tells them that there are creatures called winks that are responsible for making sure that they have good dreams. And then there are also creatures called Hoodwinks that cause bad dreams. But the winks always eventually scare away the Hoodwinks. And uh, that's that's kind of it. There's a bad guy called Nightcap. And maybe you can clear this up for me. I wasn't 100% clear on whether Nightcap exists in the dream world or the real world. Uh, um,
1: d- ooh, I actually did not... Oh, that's tough. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll be honest
1: with you. I only saw a little bit of him, which was like the intro to him.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's a good question. Well, either way, there's a bad, the, there's a bad guy called nightcap. And he's this old man that walks around in PJs basically. And, and he, abuses his servant. And abuses his servant, which is a teddy bear called Threadbear. Um, And he says, Hey, tell all the hoodwinks to capture all of the winks. So no one can sleep well because I can't sleep. And if I can't sleep, then nobody's allowed to sleep. And that's kind of the setup for the game that you play as these kids. You pick a kid to play as and what you, you pick. I pick the boy. Okay.
1: I, I don't know. You, what I, You I, don't know I, which I one picked you
0: pick. a, nope, picked a random. <laughs> okay. Um, and what you're doing is going around to different worlds, basically, which, which you get to in your in, sleep, in your sleep. You get to them by walking through... Well, maybe not, because you walk through different doors in the house. So either you're sleepwalking or either you're dreaming of walking through your own house. (laughs) Yeah. kidding. Maybe you're asleep, maybe you're not. No, I know.
1: I'm pretty sure you're asleep. Okay. I'm pretty sure you're asleep.
0: Maybe so. Probably so. That would make most sense, given the background of the story. You go to different rooms in your house. They basically lead you to a world, kind of a dream world. And you're trying to save all of the winks in every world until you save all 40 winks uh jay why don't you talk about the gameplay mechanics
1: oh wow there's a lot of them
0: um
1: <laughs> so i'm gonna give a little bit of background on this game because I, I did some research because like man this game is really simple like it, that's like the, the best word i can use to describe it okay. so i was reading about it more and more this game is very it's intended for children it's supposed to be an like a very very simple game and that's exactly what it is the mechanics are very limited um i'll be honest with you i didn't know you could die for a long time um so so you collect these notes or, i guess they're they're z's right Aren't they? there's, there's uh yeah z's. there's
0: like a million things but the z's yeah. are your health yeah.
1: yeah yeah you collect so many goddamn things but so there's these things <laughs> yeah. that you collect you which are z's and you lose some z's when you take damage but you have so many well, and you i was got, like you oh keep,
0: you have 100 max right
1: yeah, yeah yeah and you get you collect them like indefinitely like it 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 is it surprised me I was like oh this is my life bar I have so
0: <laughs> many of these um,
1: yeah so you you have an attack type ability um you can move you have a butt stomp attack you can in move yeah i mean like i'm trying to give this game something to it but i mean that's uh
0: that's
1: one of the key mechanics to this one robert uh so you have a you have a general attack you have this like attack where you use your rear end and then you have um, a scream attack it's kind of weird but th- those mechanics are boring it's it's a very simplistic uh it's just very very simplistic the thing the th- one thing one of the only things i found redeeming about this game was the suits that you get where you get to transform into you get turned like a caveman at one point and then there was something else oh and a ninja you got turn into like a wielding uh ninja at one point did you uh-huh. did you get to
0: this part i did not get that far no. You're okay that's, not,
1: that's what's funny is that's not that far in <laughs> um yeah so there's these uh there's um there's a couple different things like you basically collect them and for like 100 seconds or something uh you can use the, these different types of abilities or, not really abilities but they they just they're just kind of cool this game was not very good you basically just walk around collecting stuff the game is super duper simple i basically just walked around and took damage from everything and just hit things like i'm never gonna die realistically i'm never gonna die so yeah i I don't know the music was i don't even remember it the sound effects were obnoxious and repetitive like way too repetitive um you, you you collect cogs throughout the game to unlock further progress in the game
0: yeah, you, you have to use those to open more doors in the house, right? Yeah, I, I have a list of the things you collect. You collect moons, which help. Yeah, which a light are, scream. That's to let the, yeah that lets you scream. It's basically ammo for your scream. The cogs do that. Yeah. Um, you get you gotta get the winks, of course. To that's what that's what the whole purpose of the game. And dream keys. Uh, and I don't even remember exactly what I think they also had something to do with opening other doors in the house. And there might have even been one other thing. There's
1: one other thing. There's tokens. There's either an R or a T token, based on okay. Being played. That's okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. I remember that. Yeah. See,
1: so rough, uh, rough gets R's obviously, and T gets tumbles or tumbles gets T. Um, oh,
0: collect, I, okay. If that's if what. Like it to, is. That's what it is. Yeah.
1: If you collect a certain number of them, you um, you get extra life, which is completely and utterly useless. Like, if you die in this game, you should retire from video games for life. <laughs> this was. I, I thought this game was really cool because the graphics are actually pretty good. They're, they're, yeah, the I time. agree. It really agree. looks like they put a lot of time into it.
0: Um yeah, I agree. Same, with, same with the uh same with the cutscenes. The the CG on the cutscenes yeah, yeah, looks it's really like clay, good.
1: It's a like claymation almost, right? Like it, it was I it wouldn't even
0: say that. I think it just really looks like a not even claymation, it just looks really good 3D CGI.
1: Yeah. Uh let's see. Oh, my favorite thing is in the first I think it's the first level where you see the witch and you like hit her. Uh-huh. This witch is on a broom floating around, you hit her and she like hit her a couple times. And then she's like wah, wah, wah. if you want to race, hit me again. Yeah the fuck says that <laughs> like i know you're beating yeah. me up but if you hit me again we're gonna race bro it's <laughs> like <laughs> so i think that's the, the next fast and the furious movie that's how it's gonna work somebody's gonna walk up to that's him hilarious. hit him a couple times Be like if you hit me again you have to give me a six second car and we're gonna race
0: <laughs> uh so the clock
1: the clock is this this tutorial based idea this the clock tells you how to do different things and he's like hey try this move hey try this move hey. He is creepy as hell, and the noises he makes oh, yeah. are so demonic. They're so demonic. It freaked me out. I was like, am I – is something wrong? Like, I feel like he's just making noises, like really creepy noises. Um, One thing I thought was kind of funny is the save states were, were armchairs. That was kind of funny, kind of random.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, this game also, for some reason, reminded me of Nightmare Before Christmas. I, I t- wrote that down as a note. I don't huh. know what it was. Something about the story kind of reminded me of night- Nightmare Before Christmas, which is kind of interesting.
0: That is, I don't – I can kind of vaguely see that because, I mean, this is sort of like a nightmare. It wasn't
1: that. I don't remember what it was. Let's just ignore that. Mm -hmm. Um, This game was not very good. It's very simplistic. And again, it was intended for children. After I read that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. That makes makes perfect sense. Right. It was just like, oh, okay, that
0: makes perfect sense. Yeah. I pretty pretty much agree exactly with everything you said. Um, I I, also I will point I will say once again, the graphics in this game are really pretty good surprisingly good and like even little details like i love the design of the characters the little kids that you play as they look really cute they he's carrying a candle around oh yeah as you're walking around and when you hit when you attack enemies he basically kind of swings the candle at them. and when he does it a little one nice little detail is there's a wisp of smoke oh yeah i did see that yeah i was
1: spamming that yeah yeah it's kind of cool looking
0: yeah, and it goes. Yeah, and it follows the candle. And it looks. It just kind of looks really nice. So, but yeah, overall, it's visually just, yeah. appealing. Visually appealing. It's a charming gameplay. game. gameplay. Boring gameplay. Gameplay is pretty boring. I I did not have much patience for this. Um, you guys, I
1: struggle to, to play this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I yeah. struggle
1: with this one. I've really pushed myself. I was like, okay, I have to get far in this game because you know it's our our um, quarterly game, and you know I want to kind of show it. And, whoa, this was a grind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep it was it definitely is that's else that was exactly my thoughts as i was playing this. as once i got you know 30 minutes in i was just kind of like anytime that i was playing it i was just kind of like oh geez i just don't want to be doing this right now one thing that is cool about this game it has cheat codes
1: oh i did not know this actually
0: yeah and uh i don't remember how i was i think i was trying to find out what some of the uh collectible well like collectibles you know some of the little collect the things that you collect what do you call them collectibles whatever they Uh, are
1: items whatever yeah yeah sure collectibles is fine yeah
0: um i was i was trying to figure out what some of those do because there's so many damn of there's so damn many of them that i couldn't keep track of them all and i stumbled across I i stumbled across uh cheat codes and this has classic style cheat codes it's pause it and press this combination of buttons and then you'll hear a laughing sound and you get this and that
1: oh geez what is this mortal
0: Kombat. <laughs> i know oh, uh, there there is a big head mode which is hilarious oh,
1: really Oh, yeah. okay this game's trying to come back <laughs>
0: and then there's um there's codes to max out all your cogs and winks and all that so you can do that and then go straight <laughs> as if to this,
1: this game is that difficult right well
0: well no what it does is it lets you go straight to the last boss like so you don't have to play all the levels because you know you can spend hours getting them all. Yeah, it'd be easy, but it takes forever. Um, so I played the, against the last boss, and he's pretty easy. It's just the bear, and he's in a giant robot bear. He's he's controlling it's a giant robot harmer. bear. You know I mean? yeah, Our sorry.
1: fans are playing through this game right now. What are you doing?
0: So I did appreciate the fact that it has old school style cheat codes. That was kind of neat.
1: So the two redeeming qualities for anybody who didn't catch that it's visually appealing <laughs> it's and cheat codes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll like screen our next one a little bit more. Um, actually, for yeah, uh, Looks this is what this is my idea for the next one. I don't, I don't want to choose the next game yet on this episode. We'll save that for the next one because we have a lot to to go over this time. Oh yeah, but um, when we do the next one, so so. The last one when we did when we did this one, it was your call. I said either pick a game or, or, or do it at or, random. or do it at random. You chose random yeah. like we kind of did with something else recently sure. before that. I think I'm going to do the same thing except what I'm going to do is instead of random out of everything, I'm going to do a random game out of my gog library. So we
1: could also just a thought let the fans choose.
0: I think that's gonna, I think that's going to be impossible.
1: Think so? We could. Because either we either five games and let them pick from the five, something like that.
0: If you want to think about it, I'll pretty. think. I'll think I'm about it. To put
1: you in a tough spot here.
0: I'll think about it. What I was thinking is pick a random one from from the from my GOG library, something that I have not played yet, because God knows there's plenty of them in in my library, and that way we know it's at least something that I have some interest in, because you know I wouldn't have bought it. If I didn't think uh, yeah, something okay. looked redeeming about it,
1: oh, it's thirty-three cents. I've never heard of this game. Click. Well, yeah, that's true. Oh, buy buy two get three free. Oh, four
0: <laughs> <common>. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm thinking more that I'm just gonna be selfish and just pick one of my god games, but we'll see what ha- we'll 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 figure it out.
1: Okay, I I'll be honest with you. I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but I'm so excited for this top ten. Right, I'll be honest with you. This was so. <laughs> I'm so curious to see what the hell you came up with in this hot mess.
0: So, okay, so let's move on to top 10. So our top 10 nice. for this week is our annual top 10 of 25 years ago, top 10 games of 1993. Um, so that'd be
1: what, like 75, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, did you? So you... Did you have a hard time coming up with the list? Because somebody else, How, I, I have
1: twenty. Well, I had twenty. Oh, oh, okay, I have Ten okay. honorable mentions. I got you. This was so difficult.
0: Somebody, and I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was Ryan. Um, he he said, or maybe it was Jonathan. Somebody was talking to me on on, or was messaging you guys on Twitter, saying that they couldn't come up with the like a long enough list. What? It, it might have been Jeff actually. I don't know. I have it was Jeff. I am Jeff.
1: severely disappointed whoever that is. They you need to, they need to uh, they need to go on the wiki page and actually take a peek cuz there I had like 35. I went through, I copy-pasted everything off wiki and I just went through and chop 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 down to 35. That was my first batch.
0: 35. <laughs> That's hilarious. Five. I didn't have I that disgusted. many. I was disgusted. I had well, it was Jeff first of all. Jeff said he Jeff, said looking through the 1993 games and it is not as impressive as I expected. I can barely come up with 10. I've got a good, I don't have nearly as many as you do, but I've got a very solid 10 and then probably about six, six honorable mentions that I could have had.
1: I would, I, of the, of the 10 that I have for honorable mentions, I would probably mention five or six. I wouldn't actually mention all of them because I don't think they're the, all of them are worth talking about, but
0: okay, sure.
1: still, I think this, this year had a crazy amount of games.
0: So, uh, so let's get started then. So top 10 best, oh, shit. top 10 best games of 1993. Let's see who goes first. I'll roll the old
1: I'm so dice. excited for this. This is such a fun list. All
0: right. You're going to lead us off with Wonderful. The, your number 10 best game of 1993.
1: Number 10. Welcome to the jam. NBA Jam. All right, th- this game really is nice. stupid fun. I played so much of this game growing up. I Countless hours. Countless hours just playing this game. I know you've played this. I think we've talked about oh, this. Oh, yeah. One. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Yeah. NBA Jam, just an excellent obviously basketball game with ridiculousness to it and just i love the mods kind of like we were talking about earlier this this game had big head mode didn't it this, this had big mm-hmm. head tiny body oh god yeah. i love it this is the funniest thing in the world because you just be trying you'd be trying to play the game and the head is so big that it's like covering stuff that you should normally see <laughs> yeah. you can't even tell what you're doing but it's just you're just dying laughing and having a blast and it. it's just it's just having fun just for the reason of having fun like it's just ridiculous that's it, a oh. very good
0: way of putting it um I'm going to talk about this game in a little bit more depth in some Spoiler. in some episodes okay, soon because I did play this one recently. Did you really? And my and I agree 100. It It is basically the ultimate arcade game. It's yeah. as far as arcadiness goes. This is 100 percent an arcade game.
1: I would still play this today. Like, it's just such a... It's like NFL Blitz. Like, it's just fun. It, it just there's nothing... It's just pure fun. There's just nothing more to it.
0: Yeah. it's, a, it's That's exactly it. It's I don't think I've ever taken
1: this game serious. And when you lose, you don't feel like you lost. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You just don't care because it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. That's true. Should have
1: been higher on my list. What the hell am I thinking? <laughs> Disappointed with myself. Disappointed.
0: All right. My number 10 is Star Fox. No secret that I love Star Fox. I know it has its detractors out there, but I honestly think it holds up pretty well. At least it holds up as well as I liked it um, back when I played it. I've always really loved this game. Uh, I played it not too long ago, and I pretty much still loved it just as much. It's, I, and I don't even know really what else to say about it. It's a really fun shooter. I love the visuals. I love kind of the setting of the whole game. I think it's hilarious that you're playing animals that are flying spaceships.
1: Yeah, uh, that was a bizarre concept. It's acceptable. It's a pretty bizarre concept. We're still (laughs)
0: progressing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're in a much more enlightened age where this is acceptable, Um, and it's it's challenging as well. And it's really cool that that the that the um, easy, medium, and hard modes are all different games essentially. It's the same game, but it's different levels for each for each of the modes. So, uh, it's just a really fun shooter. All right, number nine.
1: Number nine. So some of mine on my list are there for reasons of things that they led into, and okay. uh, so my number nine is Kirby's Adventure. This is this is this is a pretty good game. I, right. It's I've talked about it before in the podcast a little bit.
0: It's it's a pretty good game. I think you did Kirby's Dreamland.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, but I well, uh, I've talked about. Kirby, let me make sure. I, I've talked about Kirby's Adventure, though. I know I don't oh, okay, think I've played okay. it for the podcast, but I've talked about it before. I got you. This game has the. It's kind of like what I was talking about before with um, with Gauntlet. It has the essence. You, you you play it, and you're like, okay, I can understand where they went with this series. I can understand how they got to where they were today, and it's got some very simple elements to it, but it still captures the same that, that Kirby essence. It's just, it's again, it's, it's it's a it's a pretty damn good game. I, I don't know if I'd be able to play it today just because some of the newer ones are so much better, but mm-hmm. I still think it's a pretty darn good game.
0: Okay. Um, My number nine is NHL 94. Oh, baby girl. <laughs> Talked about this not too long ago on the podcast. Super awesome game. Very One of the most universally loved sports games, I'd say, ever. Probably the best hockey is game ever. really? I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, I, I think it really is. Um, nobody who's ever played NHL '94 didn't like it that I have heard of. So
1: that's a good argument. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I don't.
0: It's fast paced. It's well balanced. The controls feel great. It's fun. It's, it's fun. It's
1: ridiculous it. as well. It's got that ridiculous element to it. The, the, oh.
0: It's. Well, it's. Not, I mean, not really. It's. I mean, not in the <sighs> sense of NBA Jam. I mean, it's a not, not to that extent. It's a but... simulator. You know, more not a simulator, but you know, it's more or less a realistic uh sports game um yeah but everything okay. about it just it's just brought together so well overall and, and it's just really fun to play there's nothing like oh you can do this crazy shit yeah it's right just, it's just very 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 well done realistic style sports game
1: did you ever do the shootouts
0: yeah i think i did i, I don't me and my brother
1: used to do those all the time with we- Okay, every time, yeah, it would be like zero for ten each. Yeah, and somebody'd randomly make one, and like,
0: ah, so best in the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I remember that. Yeah, I, I did, I played those a little bit, but I don't remember like them being very important. As far no, as,
1: no, not at all. No.
0: Yeah. Okay, number eight.
1: Number eight, uh, Lost Vikings. Lost Vikings. Oh, a special cool. place. Yeah, I mean, this is early stage Blizzard, so it holds a special place in my heart. And also, this is just a great game. I mean, it is, the mechanics for this game, for the time that it was at, were so reaching. I feel like they tried to do so much with it, and they succeeded. You know, sometimes you play games, and you're like, I know they're trying to do X, Y, and Z, but they're kind of falling short. They're reaching too many directions. I feel like with this game, they did a pretty damn good job of actually succeeding in that. Like, they they knew what they wanted to accomplish with it, and there are some blood. It's not a perfect game, but I feel like they accomplished what they wanted to with this game.
0: Um, give us a quick rundown of the of the gameplay.
1: Um, Very quick. Just, let me pull one it up. let me see if I can find a good good description because it. it's
0: it's basically a. I have not played this, but I am familiar it, with it. It's basically a puzzle platformer, right? That's
1: that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. I think that's probably the, the most accurate way to describe it. That's exactly right. And you, you you play as the three the three dwarves. What I can never remember their names. It's
0: Balrog, uh-huh. um,
1: Eric, and Olaf are the three of them and yeah that's exactly right it's it's a puzzle platformer it i don't know what it's comparable to today to be honest with you maybe like abe's world odyssey that's probably the best comparison i can think of but it's just a great game and and again it's one of those things where you look at it and even today as you're playing you're like okay i can see what they were trying to accomplish and you you can just see kind of the creativity of it and just i don't know I, i found it to be very very fun
0: okay um, number eight for me, where's my list? Uh ah, Samurai Showdown.
1: Oh, yeah, I knew this command going to
0: your list. <laughs> oh, man. And this is a game that I didn't even get a chance to play all that much because, you know, it's, it was a Neo Geo game. and Nobody owned a Neo Geo, so you could really only play this in the arcade. Uh, every time I saw it in the arcade, I, I made sure to play it basically as much as I could because it was so Ow. cool. You know, they there were other fighting games, of course. Of course, there was, you know, Street Fighter around this time, Mortal Kombat and stuff. But this one was... Super awesome for, for, for uh, I guess, really three main reasons. One, it, I feel like it looked better than either of those games. The graphics, the sprites were drawn very, very well. The, the, the graphics, the, the, the art of the game is fantastic. Um, then there's also this co- sort of special feeling where it's only an arcade game, whereas these other games came out eventually on, um, what am I trying to say? Consoles. This one never really did, you know, besides the Neo Geo, which, again, nobody owned. So it was kind of special because you didn't get a chance to play it that much. And also that they had weapons. And there was, like, for me, there may have been other fighting games at the time that had weapons, but none that I ever knew of. And so I thought that was super cool because there wasn't anything that I got to do in in other fighting games, at least not any other good ones. So, uh, yeah, it was... uh, I really loved the fact that was really the main thing that always drew me to this is like oh shit i get to play a fighting game and i get a sword this is why don't other it, it kind of was like make it, like it's so obvious why don't other games have swords because like, this is just so cool why would you not have a sword in your game so that's 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 mine for sure I, I i really had a anytime i played this it was kind of like almost sort of like a special occasion whenever i got to play it
1: yeah i figured this would be on your list i, I haven't uh, spent uh, I actually haven't played this game. I've watched a little bit of people play it, but uh, I've heard really, really good things about it.
0: Gotcha. My
1: number seven is Doom. Doom. Oh, man. I saw... I, I put notes down just to tell you about this. I saw somebody uh, on Reddit modded a Doom file to be Tim Allen from Home Improvement. <laughs> everything is Tim Allen from Home Improvement. His <laughs> what, ammo, what his, his bullets, the enemies, the map, the flooring, everything. And you can just hear the noise that he makes in that show, and it, it is such a funny thing. Are you
0: oh, this is hilarious. Yeah.
1: Uh, anyway, so Doom, uh, this is just a, a slaughterhouse of a game. Oh my god, it is just so fun. I remember the first time I booted this up and I was like, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Like there's no way my parents are going to let me play this game. You were just walking around blowing things apart, picking up ammo, there's strippers, there's secrets where you go and there's this crazy shit everywhere. Oh my god, this is such a fun game. <laughs> I I've, I have played I played through this game numerous times when I was younger and just every time I had so much so much fun with it nice i you've played this right please please
0: um i'm sorry i was listening but my mind literally just went blank. we're talking about oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah i'm sorry okay (laughs) oh yeah yeah i've definitely played doom just want to make sure (laughs) yeah never know with you okay um
1: number seven for you
0: number seven for me is going to be ah madden nfl 94
1: Another sports game from 94.
0: Another sports game. Um, It's uh, a. This is a kind of, in a a sense, in the same sense as NHL 94, just an all around, very well put together package.
1: I've never played this.
0: Really? Um, It's not as famous as NHL 94 because kind of NHL 94, no hockey games ever got better than that now football games definitely did get well you know they might have gotten better in some ways from nhl 94 but if you ask anybody what's the best nhl what's the best hockey game nine out of ten people are going to say nhl 94 with football games there are many many more options to choose from but for me personally this was a couple things this was one it was really kind of the first really well-rounded football game that i played at least for me this is me personally But also, it was one that I played so much with my friends. More than. Much more than NHL 94, for instance, which is a little bit more niche. I mean, I played that plenty with my friends, but whenever we got together, it was like, let's play Madden. And I just have so many hours on this game. We played it so much. When I went to my friend's house at the time, it was this or, you know, a number of other fighting game uh, you know a couple fighting games basically were other options I just played I played so much of this at the time and there really wasn't any other football game like it and football was kind of the sport that I was into back then so for me personally I got to go with NHL 94 for this one
1: cool yeah uh, you mean NFL
0: yeah and I say NHL
1: <laughs> yeah you said NHL I mean you're right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right but still wrong yeah that's awesome I think it's a it's a good one I haven't played it, but you know, if it's anything comparable to uh, NHL, then I agree with you. Uh, number okay. six for me, cl- instant classic, Battletoads and Double Dragons. One of the best, one of the best, nice. most risky crossovers of all time. Uh, this was, I such don't know a about that. What'd you say?
0: I don't know if I would call that risky.
1: Oh, was, I was joking. It's, it's oh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's very common. Meme. Like the, what's the riskiest crossover they've ever done? Oh, just, really? Oh, oh,
0: maybe, oh, oh, I got you. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, this was such a fun game. I remember we played a ton of Double Dragons. I played a ton of Battletoads. And when we saw this, we were like, what? This, is, this can't be a thing. And Oh, man. Just a very, very fun multiplayer game. Just trying to crack through this game. And I never beat this game. I don't think I got close. But I had an absolute blast. Even though I was probably losing terribly. Still mm-hmm. an absolute blast playing this game.
0: Awesome. I, I somehow never played this one.
1: I rented this so many times. So many times.
0: My number six is NBA Jam. NBA Jam, um, just for like, like you know, you said it all very well. It's it was it's it's the most arcadey arcade game that's basically ever been made. When this came out, you know, more more so for anything than sort of the impact this had and and how creative it was at the time. There was nothing else that was just kind of all that was. There was nothing else that tried to, especially as far as sports games go. Nothing like this. That was just trying to be just fun for the sake of fun, and screw everything else that has to do with the rules for sports.
1: And uh, did it well.
0: And did it well. Yeah,
1: that's kind of the key for me. It's like they did it well. Yeah,
0: and I yeah that's that's a good point. They did it very well. Um, there were other. I guess there were. You know, there was like mutant league football. That's I guess sort of did the same thing. But uh, and I never played that, so I can't say for sure. But it didn't seem like that one was really pulled together as well as this one, just everything about this from the presentation to the the crazy stuff that you could do on the court to even like the announcer. It was just kind of, Oh yeah. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> it was just made to be super wow. exciting. Yeah. And just ridiculous and fun. It was uh, really a really kind of a, rev- a revolutionary game in that sense. I oh think. yeah.
1: Super good game. Love it.
0: All right. Number five. Is that where we are? Yes, sir number five
1: number five disney's aladdin uh the virgin game uh the one for apparently there was two that came out this year one was the virgin one which is the one that i played for the podcast earlier this year um it's a very fun game it's a little frustrating is
0: this the snes or sega genesis
1: snes i want to say yeah i think it was super nintendo okay um it's a fun game the graphics are pretty good the mechanics are pretty cool boss fights are eh, they're they're pretty pretty simplistic um it's just a fun game. It really is. It, it's it kind of odd. Like, you start playing, you're like, okay, this is going to get repetitive. Then you keep going, you're like, all right. Like, there's certain frustrating mechanics to it, but overall, it's it's fun. It really is. It, it's just, it kind of catches you. And then whenever I see it, I'm like, ooh, Aladdin. And then I'm like, wait, what? No, wait. Oh, yeah, Aladdin's kind of fun. Like, it's, it's not bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's weird. Like, my head just
1: goes circles, like, wait, what? No, that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, very nice. Um,. Yeah, I like that one. That's that's not on my list, but I, I had the Sega Genesis version, and it was a very good game.
1: I think I played both. Could be wrong, but I think I yeah, played Yeah,
0: I never played the Super Nintendo one. I th- from what I've heard, I think that one is considered a little bit better. <laughs> um, but this one was definitely good as well. My number five is SimCity 2000. It uh, It holds up so, so well. It was su- super fun at the time, and when I played it a couple years back for the podcast, it was almost as good as when I originally played it. I got wow hooked on it for you know a good few you know pro- I probably put eight or ten hours into it just just building one single city, and you know you do reach a point eventually where it starts to f- where you start to kind of feel the grind and feel sort of the not the grind so much as the loop because once you play a SimCity game for so long, you're not doing a whole lot of new stuff, you know? So you just sort of hit that wall eventually, but it's, it still feels so good building up your city, watching it kind of come to life, seeing how Summoning it, disasters, Summoning disasters, seeing how it looks, you know, particularly how you've designed it around the landscape and all that kind of stuff. And, um, just it's, it's a really, it's a good Sim game, even aside from that stuff, just having to, I mean, it does have some big flaws for sure. But it just is so much fun to build up your city and and kind of see how it turns out and watch it grow. And just kind of, after you're not only building it, but kind of just looking at it when you're done. Just kind of having fun watching it. Number four. Cool.
1: Number four. Ogre Battle. Ogre Battle is... I wouldn't say it's a predecessor, but it's it's definitely used. You, you play it, and you're like, it is it is Final Fantasy Tactics, a lot of the way. Oh <laughs> there yeah. Is, oh yeah. There's a lot. I, I've played it a few times, and it doesn't capture me the same way Final Fantasy Tactics does. And I think that's really based on my attachment to the characters and story and music. Oh god, music. But uh, <laughs> it is still a it is still a fun game, and I respect. it. I love the art style. I think it's very interesting. Um, I think at some point I will get hooked on this game. It's just going to take me, take me some time, but. I just I respect this game for what it is and and the style. I, I think this was the first of its kind. I could be wrong, but do you know? You're kind of smart. What's the question? Is this the first of that style?
0: Uh, I've I've not played this game.
1: Oh, it's okay. Okay, I'll will do some research. But I I think it might be actually. I don't know. Oh, good talk, Robert.
0: Good talk. My number four is Mortal Kombat Two.
1: Glad you have this on your
0: list? Kind of the same reason as NBA Jam is on here. Well, not not so much because obviously there was Mortal Kombat One, which came before it, but uh and, and sort of paved the way. Mortal Mortal Kombat One sort of did the same thing NBA Jam did, which was it was revolutionary in the sense that it was it basically it basically came and said, "Hey, we can have ultra crazy, ridiculously violent games." And uh, round two, they pushed it <laughs> even further. Yeah, this is round two of that. And so it does that, and it improves on everything. Again, the, the 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 gameplay is improved. The graphics are improved. The characters are better. There's more characters. There's more creative characters. There's more creative levels. And there are a million fucking like codes and Easter eggs and and uh, different types of fatalities Animality. and animalities how's, how's and babyalties right? yeah, okay. and friendships and and weird cheats and all that kind of stuff. This game has. More secrets than I can think of in in any other than any other game that I can that especially I can think of. Time. Yeah, especially yeah, I, I can't think of any other game that had so many secret things that you could do, or so many we weird things to that you could out. do. Yeah, uh, just this is the this is the quintessential Mortal Kombat game, I think. The three was really good, also, but I don't really feel like. There was I feel like this is the best one of those of all the Mortal Kombats.
1: I have no say in that. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. <laughs> sorry, Roberto. Number
0: Maybe three. What's <laughs> your number three?
1: Number three. Already mentioned, but still a great game. SimCity two thousand. Uh, like oh, you said, shit. just gotta touch on a little bit more. The, this this game still holds up today. I mean, the the new new yep. sim games that have come out for mobile games or for mobile devices, this game's still better than it. No question. It still has a lot of heart in it. It still has the the basic concept of the SimCity game. And I could still play this for hours and get lost in it, which is so bizarre.
0: Yep. Well put. All right. My number three is star Wars X-Wing. Such a good space combat simulator. It is, it was, it is the game. This was the first space combat sim that I ever played. And it had me hooked instantly. And this is the first of the of, of all of the Star Wars uh, games of this type. The second one was Star Wars TIE Fighter, which was even better than this one. But this one was still a fantastic game. The, the way I always describe these is it actually makes you feel like you're piloting one of these ships. Um, it's particularly for the time it has so many little details that you got to toggle this switch and that and you can adjust the power to your engines or your shields or your lasers or whatever it might be. Um, It just feels really good. And the way you, your targeting system works, how you can target different ships that are around you and kind of see, you know, uh, whether they're damaged or or where they are on your, on your radar and all this kind of stuff. Um, It's just such an in-depth game. Very well paced. This one does have a few a few problems that kind of holds it back from from Star Wars TIE Fighter, but man, such a fun game to play if you want to be if you want to say hey I want to be a Rebel X Wing pilot, this this game does exactly this game does exactly that. It's
1: because you're Rebel scum, Robert.
0: That's Rebel scum.
1: Rebel scum.
0: I'm, I am Rebel scum. All right, what's number two?
1: Number two. NHL 94 (laughs) oh wow I love this game I definitely put this higher on my list I was like what no this game is so fun (laughs) I I truly looked at this list and I was like what is going to be what should be at the top of my list and this was one of them this this is such a fun game there's just there's just so much to it and like you said it's just it's another sort of arcade style game that you can just play for hours on hours and hours
0: yep well said my number two is Street Fighter 2 Turbo There it is. There it is. Um, For some reason, this list that we had lists um, two Street Fighter 2 games. One of them is the World Warrior. I saw that. Which is, that's actually, and if you go to that page, it says, yeah, release 1991. So that's the original Street Fighter 2. I don't know why it was on this list. But Street Fighter 2 Turbo was the the console release of Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting. Okay. Which Street Fighter 2, uh, I'm sorry, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting is, was kind of the updated version of Street Fighter 2 for Arcade. And this is where you could be, uh, where you could play as the um, the bosses and stuff like that, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But regardless, Street Fighter 2 Turbo for Super Nintendo was the console release of this game. This one did come out in 1993 and this is the one where you can play as the bosses and all that kind of stuff. And it was it had a couple other different things. This blew me away. First of all, it's Street Fighter 2 game. Street Fighter 2 is an awesome game on its own. But then when this game came out and you could play as the bosses, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe that they're going to let us play as the bosses now.
1: Um, <laughs> it's going to be so overpowered. Nobody's going to play anything but the bosses.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And then most of them end up sucking, kind of.
1: Yep. Eggs. Literal
0: Uh, (laughs) It also had it to where you could both play as the same character, which you could not do on the original one. So that was cool as well. Um, And it was sped up a little bit. So yeah, uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, super amazing game. uh, And a great version of Street Fighter 2 in general, which is one of the best fighting games ever. So yeah, number two for sure. What's that?
1: I said arguably I was just agreeing with you
0: oh no no well you're wrong it's not arguable
1: oh interesting Robert let's talk outside
0: (laughs) all right what's your number one best game of 1990?
1: I mean it's interesting so number one it's really not a game it's it's kind of three games if you will okay Hmm, interesting um yeah this this is Super Mario All-Star for the the Super Nintendo oh
0: wow really okay
1: I I know this might catch you off guard and this might be a surprising answer so let Mm -hmm. me explain so for those of you who don't know, Super Mario All-Star was a re-release of Mario 1, 2, and 3 from the regular Nintendo, re-released for the Super Nintendo. But it was fantastic because a lot of people didn't get the chance to beat 1, 2, and 3 or really get f- super far into them as they were a child. And it was like, wait, I can get this one game. It has all three of them, and I can play them continuously.
2: <laughs>
1: you got me sold. I, I This this was actually the first time that I beat the first one, I want to say, was on this. Um, I was trying to go through 1, 2, 3. And I spent so many hours playing this, and the third one, obviously. Uh, I think there was actually a fourth game on there. It was like a an alternate version to the second one. I want to say.
0: Okay.
2: I
1: Could be wrong, but um, yeah, this was just a super fun game. Oh and no, no, no!
0: He... Wait, so it, it had like the Japanese second one, right?
1: Yes. Let me let me double check. Let me read this because I don't actually. Say it. I think you're. Right. I I never um, owned
0: this, but that was my understanding.
1: Let's see. Super Mario One, Two, and Three, and the Lost Levels, which was the original that's, Japanese version of Mario's Two, which was yeah. not released outside. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. I don't remember playing that too much. I do remember it being there, um, but it was. Oh, it, it, what I love about this is, is it's like you think just porting over some old games that you would play it a little bit. It would be like a cool idea. You'd buy it, not play it. it this was so fun. It, it, I played this for for countless hours. I I probably spent more times playing more time playing. This version of those games than playing the original ones when they were out, just because it was it was just so easily accessible. And it's the Super Nintendo too.
0: Yeah, didn't they upgrade the graphics a little bit on them as well? Yeah, they did. Okay, that's an interesting one. That's cool. So you played, so you did play this a lot. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. My number one is Day of the Tentacle. Interesting. Possibly the best. Well. One of the best point-and-click adventure games that LucasArts ever made. Uh, some people, I'm sure, it would be their favorite. It is their favorite LucasArts point-and-click. Mine definitely falls still in the Monkey Island series. But this is, without a doubt, one of the best, regardless. Uh, just so much... The, the It's very well balanced in the sense that most of the puzzles are not ridiculously hard. There are some pretty, some pretty tough ones, but... None that are, you know, pull your hair out, you know, make you angry when you find out the solution to them type difficulty. So that's nice. Also, the art style is really good. It has this really cool cartoony style. Everything looks great. The colors are are, are fantastic. And the story is pretty fun. Just uh, as far as point point click adventures go, this, this game sort of is one of those that just sort of had it all. And there's almost nothing bad about this game. It just, it was just so much fun at the time and it still it's a, it's a one kind of similar to a street fighter and star wars and sim city it holds up very very well today in my opinion
1: awesome i figured as much i don't know why i said wow because i'm not really that surprised but <laughs> um i'm gonna knock off my honorable mentions of am with you all
0: right go for it
1: breath of fire obviously a start to an amazing series they're still making games for this today Secret of Mana, obviously, we've talked about this. I'm not a huge fan of this game, but still an excellent game. Simon the Sorcerer, shout-outs to Simon for obvious reasons. Uh, Mist. let's see, Street Fighter 2 you got. Uh, Duke Nukem I 2, I don't think I've actually played this one. I played the first one and the, the third one, I want to say a lot. Clay Fighter, you got Mortal Kombat, and the last one was Golden Axe 3. Um, I, I don't know if I've actually played Golden Axe 3. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. A little bit, briefly.
0: But I never played that. I never played... I played one and two a bunch, but I never played three.
1: I'm pretty sure I played the third one because I was really, at least in an arcade where they had all three of them, I believe, next to each other. They lined
0: oh, that's up cool. next
1: to each other. Yeah, it was super cool. I'll take you there sometime. Um,
0: what are your honorable mentions? All right, I'm going to go with Sam and Max Hit the Road. Another LucasArts point and click. Missed. Um, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening.
1: Oh, yeah, I took that off. I don't know why.
0: NFL Football 94 starring Joe Montana. Um doom sonic cd king of the monsters clay fighter and we'll call it we'll, clay fighter say that. I love,
1: that was on mine too i love that game
0: i feel like this is clay fighter out of out of all the games we talked about it's probably probably holds up the least well out of out of anything i'm just guessing because i haven't played it in you know basically since it came out sure but i have a feeling that game doesn't hold up very well
1: i would not be surprised in the slightest
0: yeah all right, well, there it is. There that is was our... a
1: fun top 10. and for... Oh my God, Jeff, come on. Look how many games we just named off. You're crazy.
0: Yeah, what's wrong with you? Look at, no, that, we'll... List. We'll see Look at that list. Look at that list. Look twice. I... <laughs> I'm really interested to see what his list is in a few minutes here.
1: Honestly, yeah, I'm just kidding. I don't want but...
0: to. I'm not. I, I do want to. Yeah, hear I'll be honest to take
1: it back. Am, I'm with you on this.
0: Come <laughs> on, Jeff. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess that means it's time for emails. <laughs> So we have a bunch of emails this time, which is super awesome. Let's get to work. First, I want to start off with Simon's email. Simon actually emailed us for the last episode, and I missed it because for some reason it went to our spam. So, Simon, very sorry about that. Makes sense to me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So we'll start off with hers from the last episode. Simon from the last episode. Ahoy, Classic Gaming Podcast. After hearing your crushing disappointment at only receiving three emails last time, I'm going to make up for my lack of recent emails with not one, but two top fives. Wow. First, in the classic gaming podcast tradition of talking about old things, here's my belated top five for the previous episode. Top five games I'd like to give a second chance. All right, here we go. Number five, Metroid. For some reason, this was the one major Nintendo series that just never came across my radar as a kid. I played Metroid for the first time when it was given away as one of the 3DS Ambassador games, but I only played for about 20 minutes before getting bored and moving on. I tried it again on the NES Mini, but again, it just didn't hold my attention. I know I should probably just skip the original and go straight to Super Metroid if I want to really experience the series, but I want to at least give the original more of a fair chance first. Makes sense. Yeah. I I can understand getting bored with the original Metroid. I kind of like it still, but I... I do get bored. I do tend to get a little bit bored with Metroidvanias in general, so I can understand that. Number four, Prince of Persia: Warrior Within slash The Two Thrones. I really loved Prince of Persia: Sands of Time, so I didn't think twice about grabbing parts two and three of the trilogy in a GameCube clearance sale. I figured that the other games in the trilogy would be more of the same, so I was pretty disappointed <laughs> when I started. Yeah, going to say, <laughs> what, is this a lot different?
1: Yeah, the first one, the first one's classic. The the follows were just.
0: Okay, So I was pretty disappointed when I started Warrior Within and discovered that it's quite different. While Sands of Time is basically a puzzle platformer with occasional no. fight sequences, Warrior Within is much more of an action game with a darker vibe and a lot more violence. Huh. The Two Thrones goes even further in that direction. You'd think I might have got the hint from the content warnings on the front covers. Sands of Time, low violence, Warrior Within, medium violence, Two Thrones, strong violence. But apparently that went over my head. Huh, That's, that's interesting. I, I never... I have never really heard much about about these two sequels, but uh yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought that either. I would have assumed they were puzzle platformers just like Saints of Time. Uh, maybe it's because it wasn't the kind of game I expected to be playing, or maybe I'm just bad at video games, but I was also really terrible at Warrior Within and never got very far. Admittedly I did play it on the harder difficulty level because I was like, hey, I finished the first game no problem, so I'm like an expert now. Yeah no. I got so thoroughly demolished that I gave up after a couple of hours and never went back. That also meant that I never even started the two thrones, but lately I've been thinking that I should just swallow my pride and go back and try them on easy mode to at least get through them, unless I'm so bad that I can't even handle easy mode, which is always a possibility.
1: Might just fall asleep.
0: (laughs) 3. Luigi's Mansion this was, this was another game that I got in a clearance sale at the end of the GameCube's lifespan. You a big Luigi's Mansion oh, fan? Oh, hell
1: yeah, It's such a great game. It's such a unique game. Have you played
0: it? <laughs> a tiny, tiny, tiny oh, bit long man, time ago. Man,
1: Roberto, come
0: on. I know. Uh, I didn't dislike it. It just never stood out as anything really special. And I had too <sighs> many other things there to you. play, so I didn't give it much time. I've heard a lot of love for it lately and really want to get around to giving it a more serious go.
1: Yeah. It, it's one of, it, to me, it's one of the premier titles for the GameCube.
0: I would like to I play this I think it's super,
1: super fun.
0: I would like to get to it sometime also. Broken Sword 3. I came to the Broken Sword series pretty late when I got the Director's Cut edition on Wii. This was during that lull period when adventure games had supposedly died out and before their recent supposed resurgence. So I was pretty excited to discover this whole series of traditional 2D point-and-click adventures. After playing the first game on Wii, I bought the rest of the series on GOG. I enjoyed the second game quite a bit too, but then I got to the third game and discovered that it suffered the same problem as other adventure games of the time. The developers attempted to move the series into 3D and failed pretty miserably. Ah, that sucks. Mm,
1: That's unfortunate.
0: I don't actually remember much about it since I think I played it for less than an hour. I just know the first puzzle was so terrible that it left me unmotivated to continue. I've heard, the fourth and, uh, yeah. I've heard the fourth and fifth games improve a lot on the puzzles, and the fifth even returns to a graphic style much closer to the first two. But my stupid, completionist mind can't bring myself to play them out of order, so I really need to give the third game another chance, even if it's just so that I can eventually play the fourth and fifth. I'm not a big Broken Sword fan. I tried playing the first game, and I actually got very far. I think I feel like I probably got like 80% through or so, and I just was not loving it. And I felt like it was just dragging on for way too long. Uh, I didn't, I, I, I liked it for a little while. And then I just felt like it just kind of kept on going for, for no reason. So I, I got bored with that one. Uh, number one Mist. Oh, wow. Wow. I remember playing this around the time it first came out. I'm pretty sure I didn't own the full version. So it was probably a demo that came with the gaming magazine or something, but despite all the hype and having an, in adve- being an adventure game fan, I just couldn't get into Mist. The part I played seemed very different to any adventure game I'd played before and frankly kind of boring, with seemingly no characters or story. I think it was also the first time I ever played a first-person adventure game, and I found it really weird, like I wasn't playing an actual character, I was just solving puzzles for no apparent reason. The puzzles themselves also seemed very arbitrary and disconnected, like the kind of thing you'd get in a puzzle book rather than an adventure game. I later heard that most of the game was actually designed and tested on paper which explains a lot. Sometimes my brother and I play adventure games together and we always moan whenever we get to a mist style puzzle. He's even more impatient with them than I am. And it's gotten to the point where he says things like you do this part. I'm going to go get a drink. (laughs) Maybe it's because I've become the official mist style puzzle solver of the family. But I feel, but I feel like I'd find mist a lot more approachable these days. And it's probably time I gave it another chance. I've also heard that it has much more story than I originally thought, so there's that. But really, I just feel like a bit of a sham. But really, yeah. But really, I just feel like a bit of a sham, having never given one of the most famous adventure games of all time a decent chance. Yeah, what would you say to that, Jay? I, I I think I feel I can definitely understand what she's saying there. To me, part of the cool thing about Mist is that the world seems so empty. So it's like you're part of it is kind of solving the mystery of what is this world. Where there's bait, yeah. where it seems like there's no characters or nothing going on, there's all this weird stuff. That was kind of, for me, that was kind of the driving force of of it to some extent. Yeah,
1: and, and like not knowing much about. it. I mean, when I played it, we knew nothing about it, so it was very, it was very interesting to just kind of have to dive into this world. And it was almost kind of scary. It was almost a little, a little creepy at times. Yeah, I agree. how empty it was. All right,
0: I'm going to pass this next part off to you. This is the second half of the, of the same email. She says, and now. For this episode's top five games I'd like to attend orchestral performances for, I was fortunate enough to get to attend Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions and two iterations of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses, so I'll exclude those and just go on with the wish list. save my voice, I will let you take over on these.
1: All right, continuing on. uh, Number five, Ace Attorney. Uh, this series has actually had several orchestral concert, concerts in Japan, but I guess it just isn't popular enough to bring them worldwide. I bought the orchestra, uh, orchestral CDs, uh, um, though. Okay, I bought the orchestral CDs, though, and the music uh, adapts really well, even for some of the goofier tracks that aren't very orchestral, orchestral, orchestral sounding in their original form. Side question: Has Robert ever played any Ace Attorney games? Nope. They're comedy adventure games, so I think you'd enjoy them. The original trilogy is more than ten years old, so you could even play it for the podcast. Just be warned that they have a lot of text that a lot more text than Western adventure games, and although they look anime styled, they don't have as many naked girls as Honey Pop. So Aww. that might disappoint you. Yeah.
0: Scratch it. <sighs> no, so. I I would like to play one. I just haven't really gotten around to it yet.
1: Number four, Banjo-Kazooie. This game is pretty well known for its music, and it tends to, be, to give much bigger parts to instruments that don't get much attention in orchestral, orchestral pieces, like the, like the xylophone and brass instruments. And of course, banjo in the opening and finale. I think it could be pretty interesting to see in an orchestral concert that allows these instruments to shine, or alternatively, a rearrangement of the game's music to fit a more traditional orchestra, orchestral style. Number three, Donkey Kong Country. Nice, Simon. I had this one as well. I may have stolen this from Andrew on tw- the Twitter comments, but I totally agree. This is one of the first series that really made me appreciate game music. It has so many tracks that work well in, or- in in an orchestral format, and it's popular enough that concert could actually be viable. Number two, Grim Fandango. There was an event at E3 this week where they got some of Grim Fandango's original voice actors to do a live reading of the key scenes. That's and cool. a four-piece band played some of the music. It was really cool, but it definitely had a casual impromptu feel i'd love to see something more formal on a bigger scale with a full orchestral orchestra uh, grim fandango has a fantastic soundtrack featuring a range of music styles it'd be a great experience to hear the existing orchestral music mixed in with the orchestral rearrangements of the mexican folk style music and jazz pieces
0: that's a good one.
1: number one monkey island if nice. this isn't on Robert's list, I'll be very disappointed. Monkey <laughs> Island easily has some of the greatest and most memorable music I've ever heard, and it would be incredibly—it would be incredible—hearing it performed by an orchestra. orchestra. Uh, even just hearing the main theme performed live would be amazing. There are plenty of other great tracks that would sound great in an orchestral format, particularly from Monkey Island Two and Three. I agree. Uh, I could go on to an honorable mention since this was pretty tough to narrow down, but I think I've already exceeded the length of my episode 100 email. Hopefully that satisfies your yearning for more emails and listeners are forgiven for not fulfilling our duties last time. Look forward to hearing everyone else's contributions. Keep up good work. Thank you, Simon.
0: Thank you, Simon. Sorry again for missing that on the last episode. Now let's move on to this week's emails proper. Jay, if you can handle another one right now, I'm going to, let my voice rest a little bit more and give this one to you. Is that, is that cool? How dare you? Yeah, that's fine. All right. Here is, I'm going to put a a little break here. Um, Here is, this is from uh, Jonathan.
1: Hello, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan says, last time I confused you guys by saying I lost my email. I said that I was following Chase's example. Well, to clarify, I meant that I was writing the letter at work on company time and they save all the emails Hence, not wanting a paper trail. Okay, that, so wrote,
0: that makes sense now.
1: So I wrote it all out by hand and then left it there anyway.
0: <laughs> okay, because he was like – he said something. I wrote my email to you by hand so there wouldn't be a paper trail. And we we're all like, what are you talking about? Now I get it.
1: Yeah. Um, so he puts the title here, 40 Winks. I'm sure that much of what you what I'd like to say has been covered already. So I'll try to keep – I'll try not to go into too much detail. Ah, fuck it. Here are some things I enjoyed about
0: this game. <laughs> Nice. The
1: plot. Nightmares have overtaken your dreams and have kidnapped the Winx. You must save them from the evil and save the world of dreams. Eat your heart out, Mario. There's a new pair of siblings ready to take on the challenge. <laughs> Next segment. Characters. Do you assume the role of rough or tumble? A brother and a sister who are tasked with entering their dreams to fend off nightmares and save the Winx siblings play the same with only the notable difference being some gender-specific rules. I found a girl, girl's only room since I was playing as the boy and I was unable to access it. Oh, that's it. funny. Apparently, there are several rooms that operate this way. I neglected to play as the girl and I discovered the secrets of Lady Land.
0: Uh, no, um, he, he neglected to play as the girl and discover the secrets. So in other words, he did not discover the secrets of Lady Land.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, other characters are an old man who is upset that he can't sleep. He terrorizes the siblings and commands his teddy bear to try and kill them. The scenes between these two are done in CG and are actually kind of cool. Next part: powers. There are some neat ideas here. Specifically, my favorite mechanic relied on a Jack in the Lantern, excuse me, Jack in the Box power up that allowed players to assume superpowers: a de-wielding ninja, a superhero, an overpowered Neanderthal, and just and those uh, and ah, Neanderthal are just some of the roles I assume. Assumed. Uh, this offered enough variety to be fun for a while. Now for the other side of the story, Whew, I tried to give this game a try. I really did. Yes,
0: so <laughs> sounds just like us.
1: Yeah. Uh, first part, camera. I know there have been several games that struggled with camera during gameplay. This is most most annoying. Uh, th- this is the most annoying, difficult camera that I can remember in a long time. There were a few things that were more annoying than trying to walk on a plank to cross a chasm and constantly tapping r2 and l2 trying to line up at the path only to have the auto camera transition and knock me off so <laughs> I have to start all over again another annoyance was that sometimes i would enter a room and the camera would not rotate i would have to leave the room rotate the camera to the preferred position then re-enter the room to make sure i didn't deviate from a straight line uh ensuring that the camera didn't move <laughs> yeah next part enemies while they weren't too difficult enemies were often faster than you and are difficult to strike in addition they they mostly gave moon tokens that allowed a special move to be used this would be cool except that the special move has a shitty hitbox and only shoots forward at least the default one other powers like the ninja do cool stuff um, this wouldn't be as problematic if the camera were better but i digress oh wait no i don't more reason to be annoyed about the moon tokens um, enemies are the main way to earn life in the game they drop z tokens and that counts as your life force you can obtain up to 100 the problem is that you start with the same amount you finished with. So in later levels, let's say you just beat a level. Then you start the next one with 12 Z tokens. The first enemy hits you, knocking you for five Z tokens away. You beat the enemy if they only give you a dumbass moon token, and you're left with no, no life and a shitty camera.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god, that's so funny the next part levels i enjoyed the variety and even the progression of the cog system at least i thought i did the game forces you to beat each world in progression so as much as you'd like to see the prehistoric levels i need 40 cogs to access access this room Mm -hmm. or to beat a boss from another world this system became became second place to the mario 64 progression system very quickly during the water levels at least in Mario, you had the option uh, about where to go if the developers had made two or three worlds accessible at a time then this problem could 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 have been avoid uh, evaded instead i was forced to play these unsufferable underwater levels with the enemies that can outrun me and ever escaping health due to the fact that you can't breathe underwater they tried to alleviate this with a clever bubble that lets you breathe system but what the fuck just let me breathe underwater then instead (laughs) i'm doing fetch quests and hide and seek all while trying to stay alive and avoid enemies who can kill me in one hit because i can't find any health this game is awesome (laughs) um i made it past the water levels but did some but with uh, excuse me but did so with some help from youtube in addition i was so nervous with the game that by the time i got past the water i played the first level of the next world and just decided i was done until next time
0: um top 10 that was like that was a better rundown than i think we did
1: yeah i'm actually surprised the game gets that difficult just kind of based on my experience with the game i did not think this game could get difficult that's so funny
0: yeah, I didn't. How far did you get? I didn't. I think you got a little bit farther than I did, but um, I, didn't get I very finished. Far.
1: I don't. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what level was, but I got through at least a handful of levels.
0: I got through like three, like two or three.
1: Yeah, I can boot it back up. I haven't played for a couple of days just because obvious reasons. Why but. would you? Yeah why would you a uh, top 10 1993 was an amazing year for gaming so to save time and because i'm sure others will mention these i'm just going to list them and let you discuss them if you'd like in no specific order okay uh number 10 i'm kidding uh first one on the list pirates gold i actually don't know okay. about this game do you
0: yeah i know of it it's a sid meyer game oh and um, interesting. that's it's, it's, it's i think it's about pirates believe it or not no yeah pretty sure
1: why would they name it pirates gold yeah, same whatever.
0: reason Same reason. magicians cast spells, so I'm not too sure.
1: Wizards cast spells. Wizards cast, cast spells. spells. So. Damn it, Robert.
0: <laughs> See, it's so confusing, I can't even keep that straight.
1: Next one, Ogre. Oh, Ogre Battle. March Ogre. Of the Black Queen. <laughs> Ogre. Yeah. Ogre. Gold. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, we already talked about this. Good one. Breath of Fire. Again, we talked about this a little bit. The Legends of Zelda. It was uh, Link's Awakening, correct?
0: Yeah, it was Link's Awakening.
1: Uh, Secret of Mana. Mega Man X. Mega Man X is 93?
0: Oh, huh, I didn't uh, miss that one. I haven't played Mega Man X, so I, I wasn't looking for it. But yeah, this isn't uh, I just pulled it up it says 1993. Oh right,
1: yeah. okay. Wow. I missed that. Uh Doom, SimCity two thousand, Super Street Fighter Two, NBA Jam, Myst, Mario All Star, Kirby, Battletoads, and Double Dragons. The list goes on. Bye. Uh so what's funny is that's a lot of my list in a nutshell. Yep. yep. So good choices. Again, ninety three, great year, so definitely appreciate it.
0: Yeah, that was, that was a good year. It was a fine year. Hmm. <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, next email comes from Father Beast. Father Beast says, "Hello, Father Beast here." It does seem like not so long ago that we did the top ten games of 1992. Looking back, that was all the way in July of last year. I had the Almost idea. Last year
1: ago? That's crazy.
0: Yep. <laughs> I had the idea that it was in September or October. Oh well. So anyway, this time I actually have played 10 games that came out in 1993 as opposed to the only 8 from 1992 that I sent in. My picks are still all PC games because that's my thing, but first are the honorable mentions. These are the games I have heard of but never actually played. Doom! Wow. Yeah, still never played it. People still love it. Enough said. Seventh guest. Love it or hate it, it's definitely a part of gaming history. And many of the people who hate it are the ones that spent huge chunks of their lives and lost their girlfriends to trying to beat this game. Wow. Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Fathers. Is this the one with the famous cat hair mustache puzzle? No, I don't believe so, uh, Father Beast. I could be wrong, I haven't played this one, but I do not think this is the uh, cat hair mustache game. The Incredible Machine. I think I've played a varied amount of the sequels, but I missed the first one. The Lost Vikings. There was a recent episode of uh of the upper memory block podcast. That's a good podcast, by the way, covering this game. It sort of sounds like Goblins, but by but by Blizzard, so it's better. Uh no, I don't think um th- So The Lost Vikings is definitely a platformer, whereas Goblins is a pure point and click. Uh Mech Warrior. I had a trilogy of games wait I had a trilogy of games. Battletech, the Crescent Hawks Inception Battletech, The Crescent Hawk's Revenge, and MechWarrior. I played the first one all the way through back on the Commodore 64, tried and didn't get into the second, and never made it to the third, which seems to have spawned its own series. Return to Zork. I have have tried to play this, but I've always bounced pretty hard against the terrible FMV segments. Skyroads. Okay, I did play this, a cool Dodge Racer in pseudo-3D against weird backgrounds, but maybe I should have made this my number 10 pick. Space Quest 5, I have this and was going to play through the whole series, but hated the text parser in 3 so much, I just haven't gotten back to it. Earlier games were played as Space Quest 1 VGA, the official release, and Space Quest 2 VGA, the fan project, both didn't use the text parser. Yeah, uh, Father Beast, Space Quest 5, you you may know this, you probably know this, but it does not use a text parser, so it's uh, definitely much more digestible than the... Than the those earlier space quest games but oh um, yes digestible (laughs) but i still have enough problems with it to to keep it off of my list star trek judgment rights okay so in 2007 or so my local grocery store had a computer games for cheap had computer games for cheap like 46 dollars on a rack over by the magazines one day i saw star trek judgment rights there and snapped it up I took it home and saw that it was one of those minimal releases where they have only the CD and a paper sleeve held in place wow. by a folded cardboard inside the box. Whatever, as long as I have the game. I put it in the CD, ROM drive, and nothing. I did a directory of the CD, and it was nearly empty. There was just a .ini file. I had been ripped off. Fortunately, I was later able to get it on GOG. I am planning on playing it sometime. Yeah, I actually. Hopefully,
1: got... you a refund on those four to six dollars.
0: <laughs> I grabbed this on GOG too, and I haven't played it yet either, but I really would like to. So on to the main list. Number ten, Mist. I did play this game, but not all the way through. I tackled it a few years ago with a walkthrough in hand and tried it out a few hours of gameplay later. I gave up in general boredom. It just didn't. <laughs> it just didn't grab me. Nine, it, you know, I, I I know we've talked about this a lot, but Mist. D- d- it feels like the kind of game that would bore me as well, but oh, I just, you'd
1: be bored of your skull.
0: but I just, I really don't get bored by it at all. I, I really kind of get sucked into it. I'm very surprised. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Sam and Max hit the road. Also didn't finish, but this was still a lot of fun. I need to go back with the walkthrough and finish it. I did play the first two seasons of the telltale series series and love them. Just a quick bit of dialogue to get you rev to play it. Max, do you mind if I drive on the way back? Sam, if you don't mind me screaming like a girl all the way back. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a classic. Yeah, I think I haven't played the Telltale games, but I would imagine that they they keep the tone pretty much the same. So if you like those, you you, I, I would think you'd probably like the, this one. Lemmings 2, Tribes. This is number eight. Okay, it was flawed and some of the tribes were kind of useless, but it was a neat idea playing with lemmings from different tribes who had different abilities. Number seven. SimCity 2000 probably yeah. yep probably the version of SimCity i've played the most oh 100 percent for me in addition i recall a family that homeschooled their children using this game i recall going over to their house and seeing that they had received that they had i'm sorry that they had recreated the greater oakland area in this game much respect wow number six betrayal at crondor I was always a fan of Raymond Feist's books, so I was excited when I checked out a book and it had a CD with a free version of the game attached to the book. I heard of it, but hadn't had a PC at the time, uh, and sort of forgot it existed. This game was hard to play, but fascinating in its mechanics. I kept getting trounced and never finished it. Then a couple years ago, someone suggested I use a game editor to hype up my stats so I didn't die quite so easily. I spent a month going back and traveling all over the map. I might still go back again. Number five, Companions of Xanth. I've also been a fan of the Xanth series by Piers Anthony since way back when there was only five books in the series. I think this game was based during the book, during book number 16, Demons Don't Dream. By the way, I think the series has now run to 41 books and it's still going. Holy shit. This game was beautiful to look at, contained that quirky Xanth humor, uh, and was just good fun, but bring a walkthrough. I want to look this up later. I'm saving this series for later. Number four, Star Wars X-Wing. Ah, here we go. I got my first copy of this game when I was on my job as a trash man. Someone had thrown their copy out. It was on like eight or so floppy disks. And when I tried to install it, some of the disks had errors. I just kept selecting ignore and hoped for the best. The game sort of worked, but crashed quite often. That's hilarious. But I was still able to have some fun. Later on, someone gave us a CD-ROM drive for Christmas, and I spent several weeks going to the game store and staring at the CD-ROM collection with X-Wing Tie Fighter and X-Wing vs. Tie Fighter Flight School. The thing, uh, X-Wing Tie Fighter Flight School. The thing that kept me from snapping it up was that the box specified that you need a joystick. I had been flying with a mouse up to that point. Ooh, ouch! My wife eventually agreed that we could spend the money on a crappy twenty-dollar joystick. We did that and bought the game. Never, regret, never regretted it. It never did get very, I never did get very good at flying, but I got better than when I started. I particularly liked how I would do badly on a mission and go back to the training grounds until I could actually fly it better, then go back and do well on the mission I had done so terribly on before. I figured that was because improving improving my flying skills was was of actual use in all areas. My joystick was crap as I said, and needed to be recalibrated a couple times an hour. Nowadays, I have it installed on a laptop and have a Thrustmaster Fox 2 joystick I got at a thrift store. I got at a thrift store attached. Still not a good flyer though. Uh, number three, Day of the Tentacle. Could this possibly stand up to the glory that was Monkey Island 2? The answer is yes. I'm still not sure which one I like more. This isn't. I think that's. I think that's fair. This has made it onto my replay every six months list along with the first three Monkey Island games. The mechanic of having characters in three different time periods was just unique, and it was funny as hell. People just look at me funny when I try to tell them about putting a sopping wet sweater in the dryer and feeding feeding it enough quarters to run for 200 years, (laughs) (laughs) or about when Laverne gives you a PSA about not doing this to real animals before putting the hamster in the microwave. I giggle just thinking about it. Yep, I agree all around on that one. Number two, Star Trek twenty fifth anniversary. I played this on a friend's computer, but when it first came uh, when it first came out, and had a complete blast. Even though the game had Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and a security officer, I don't know, even even though the game had Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and a security officer beam down to the first planet, I was still blindsided when I accidentally killed the red shirt, and McCoy walks over and gives the classic, "He's dead, Jim." <laughs> I stopped. I stopped playing and laughed myself silly. <laughs> Years later, I discovered a used CD superstore and went there for two specific games, which I found: Star Trek 25th Anniversary and Companions of Xanth. I still have this game, though I haven't played it in a few years. And as number one, Master of Orion. When I went over the game, when I went when I went over the list of games for 1993, I saw immediately what number one was going to be. I bought this in a double pack at Kmart for uh, at Kmart for ten dollars along with XCOM UFO Defense. I was hooked from the first time I started it up. People talk about Civilization games having the one more turn syndrome, but I have never had as bad a case of turn turn lock as I did when playing this game. I decided to play a little bit before going to bed one night and had to quit when the alarm rang for me to get up and go to work. I had an extremely bad day at work the next day, and I banned myself from playing before bed anymore. It's just that there is always, always, always something coming up, in just a couple of turns that I really want to see either a new technology will be researched or that huge ship will be finished building or your fleet will reach the enemy or their fleet reaches you on another occasion. uh, On another occasion, my wife went out of town for a couple of days and I got up at 5 a.m. and started playing master of Orion. The kids got up around seven and I got them breakfast and sent them to school. I was still playing when they came home and I rushed into the kitchen and made something up quickly. So as to quell their complaints about being hungry. (laughs) <laughs> the kids put themselves to bed around ten, and I kept playing. Finally, I conquered the galaxy at two a.m. and considered what a loser I was before going to bed. Jeez. I still play this every couple of months. My current version is a fan remake, I think, in Java, called Remnants of the, Precur- of the Precursors. Well, that's it. Waiting for your next show, Father Beast. Wow, that was that was good. This I really like the Master of Orion two story. Yeah. All right, Um, next one is from Snestrunk, our old buddy. Oh, nice. Uh, I'll take this one because it's fairly short, and I'll let you take the next one. Snestrunk says, Hi, everyone. Unfortunately, I have zero frame of reference for 40 winks, but I thought it would be at least fun to put together a list of the 10 best games of 1993, complete with a needless, annoying, honorable mention, starting with Illusion of Gaia, Ninja Baseball Batman, Mutant League Football, Castlevania wow. Rondo of Blood, and Kirby's Adventure. Were you going to say something? I said wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would like to someday get a chance to play Ninja Baseball Batman. That's supposed to be like a fantastic arcade game. Um, He says, now on to the top ten. Number ten, Secret of Mana. Number nine, Lords of Thunder. That's TurboGrafx-16. Uh, CD. Number eight, Street Fighter Two Turbo. He says, SNES, one of the best home console ports ever, would be higher if it were the original arcade, but that technically came out in 1992. Number seven, SimCity 2000. Number six, NBA Jam. Number five, Star Fox. Number four, NHL 94. <laughs> Number three, Gunstar Heroes. Number two, Legend of Zelda Z- uh, <laughs> Zink's Awakening. Link's Awakening. What? He, that was my mistake, not his. And number one, Mega Man X. Not as many SNES games as I would have thought, but that system didn't really hit its stride until 94 when you had stuff like Super Metroid, Final Fantasy VI, and the like coming out seemingly every other week. Have a good rest of your night. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. Uh, Next one is from uh, Charles. Subject line is is long time, first time. That's
1: cool. Uh, Charles says, Hey guys, I'm a long time listener and this is my first email. The flood of mail in the last episode inspired me. Enough small talk. Here's my top 10 from 1993. Disclaimer. I have not played any of these games for over 20 years. They might actually suck, but I'm choosing based on nostalgia and how much fun they were for me at the time. I'm also not distinguishing between release dates and arcade consoles, mainly because I'm too lazy to click through the wiki to see if the title listed is arcade or console. It doesn't matter because I played both versions anyway, in most cases. Number 10, Star Trek The Next Generation, PC slash Genesis. So I'm pretty sure this is not a good game. In fact, probably sucks. (laughs) But I love Star Trek, and this game was released at the apex of of Trek's popularity. TNG, a syndicated TV show, was getting ratings on par with the NFL. So Trek was everywhere. I played both the PC version and the Genesis version. They were drastically different in everything but story. The Genesis version, this game combined uh, some top-down ship battles mechanics almost like an rc racer game on a 2d plane with top Town third-person grid away missions kind of gauntlet style there were lots of puzzles in the away missions and you got to select your away team based on needs and skills there were uh, there were the main seven characters in the show and a bunch of nobodies to act as the red shirts for you Uh, the game had a decent story as i recall which was the best aspect the pc version had the actual cast doing voice acting and That's I recall cool. the graphics being good. That's pretty much all I remember about the PC version. Number nine, WWF Royal Rumble for the Super Nintendo. I don't know if this is actually a good game, but my friends and I rented it all the time and had fun playing it. I actually did as well, so I'm right there with you. Let not uh, see it I'm had a,
0: which one this is. If this is the one I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure this is the one I'm thinking of. Um, it had a lineup with plenty of older wrestlers and some newer ones at the time. Oh, yeah. It was pre-NWO. And that whole storyline from the late 90s, so it wasn't at the peak of WWF awesomeness, but the lineup was still pretty cool. Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, uh, Ted DeBasi?
0: I do not know. DeBasi?
1: Undertaker, Ric Flair, Lex Luger, Yokozuma, Doink the Clown, Sid Vicious, Shawn Michaels, Razor Raymond. I always used Undertaker or Razor Raymond because their finishing moves are the most dramatic and awesome in the game. (laughs) Number eight, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back for Super Nintendo. These Star Wars games for the SNES weren't were so much fun. I recall being amazed by sound effects and music, and the game, uh, the game was great, but they were hard. I can't remember ever. I can't remember getting past the first level. I just remember platforming across Hoth as Luke Skywalker shooting a blaster and swinging a lightsaber. Number seven, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. So this was the first Zelda game I played for any series length of time. Somehow I missed the original. I bought it at a pawn uh, shop along with the version of Metroid for Game With a version uh, of Metroid for Game Boy, the story and gameplay basically mirror Link in time on the SNES. Um, I was enthralled. I w- I enjoyed the gear up exploring adventure format that Nintendo would later perf- uh, perfect in Majora's Mask <laughs> and Ocarina of Time. All. Oh. Uh, Number six, Super Mario All-Stars, Super Nintendo. You know them, you love them, what's more to be said? I remember thinking it was so cool that I could play these games again in one collection of SNES, just as I said, Robert. Nice, nice. Uh, I remember also wondering why other game companies don't do releases of their best games in a single SNES cartridge, like Castlevania Collection, Tecmo doing a collection of its best titles, uh, Tecmo Bowl, and Tecmo Super Bowl. It would have killed. Uh, I remember being underwhelmed with the whole Lost Levels thing, but I definitely replayed Mario 2 and 3 quite a bit. Number five, Mortal Kombat 2 for the arcade slash Genesis. True story, my dad made me stop playing this when he saw me chopping up a dude as Baraka at our local (laughs) Pizza Hut. Of course, I played this behind his back and later got my own copy for the Genesis. It was such an improvement over the original, it it has to be one of the top examples of a publisher improving a series, adding enough to make it fresh without losing what's great.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: New characters were awesome. That's uh, what was always so great about the Mortal Kombat games to me was how they hinted at such awesome backstories behind the characters and gave you some story when you beat the game with just a character. With I, a character.
0: I, I really agree on that. It's like they they, they really made it a mystery, but they kind of like gave you like little bits and pieces here and there about the backstory. I, th- I always thought that was kind of cool.
1: I was never big on the dumb friendships and babalities. Um, it was really a new character it, it was really the new characters and improved graphics that made the game for me. Jax, Baraka, Melina, Shang Tsung, Reptile—just great game all around. And so good that they dropped the stupid test your mic crap from the first game. Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Oh, wasn't I for, it was between like a little, it was like a little mini game, right?
1: Yeah, between fights. Oh my god, I forgot
0: about. Were, that. Was it? Were you breaking bricks?
1: You had to spam a button, yeah, and then your character would hit the bricks as hard as yeah, as hard as you. Tried. Okay. Oh, it so yeah. Stupid. Yeah. They also expanded the hidden character concept, which was really just a glitch in the first game. Uh, number four, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Super Arcade slash NES. Super Nintendo, excuse me. It is insane that all three versions of this game were released in the same year. My jaw hit the keyboard when I saw the wiki, but of course they were. Of course, Capcom not only releases, not only releases three versions of the same game, but did so all in one year. Yeah, actually, their...
0: as we talked about earlier, they... That was kind of a mistake on the part of the wiki. It was uh, the original was in 1991. And actually the arcade version of this was 1992. It was the SNES version. Excuse me. That was 93. So, yeah, it does seem like a Capcom thing to do. But actually, in this case, they were spaced out somewhat.
1: Um, I played the arcade machine at my local Walmart and later got uh, Super Street Fighter 2 for Super Nintendo. Me and friends played this for hours. There was always the cheap-ass guys who just spam Bison's move where he flies across the screen or <laughs> Blanca's electricity or Chun-Li's crouching kick. I liked playing as Sagat, S-A-G-A-T.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's pretty uh, People pronounce it Sagat or Sagat either way.
1: Okay, like Bob Sagat. Yeah. Uh, it was so much fun to never jump it was so much fun to never jump and catch people in the air with his high-slash-fierce uh, kick or punch, just standing there like a badass with a scowl on his face. I also like Balrog and tried to get good with him, but never could. I've never been, um, I've never been a great fighting game guy, particularly with the ones, um, ones so precise as Street Fighter, but it was still a lot of fun. Number three, NBA Jam, uh, NBA Jam Arcade Slash Genesis. Oh my god, Robert, he's on fire! Boom, (laughs) shakalaka. I don't know what to say uh, other than this game was so much fun. Breaking the backboard. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Dunking from half court. Playing as Bill Clinton. I can't remember all the other hidden characters. Uh, It annoyed the hell out of me that I couldn't play as Charles Barkley because of his crappy shut up and jam game. Ultimately, it didn't matter because it was fun regardless. Number two, Doom for PC. The atmosphere was what set this game apart. I remember jumping in my seat and I opened the door to find an imp standing right in front of me. (laughs) <laughs> and the level designs encourage exploration and heighten the creepy atmosphere. Huge, apparently empty buildings, but then you start finding demons everywhere. You weren't stuck in a straight line like many FPSs today. Looking at, looking at you, cod. <laughs> the growls and snarls from the darkness, the dead bodies, casual carnage everywhere, and later the literal Satan worshiping sa- uh, stations or altars or whatever. It was like nothing before, and I'm not sure I've had any. I've had another FPS experience draw me in like this one. Maybe Fallout Three, uh, Doom wasn't about gameplay to me, which was fine. It was about the atmosphere and setting. Number one, Robert, you'll love this, Star Fox for Super Nintendo. Oh, I play shit. this game so much, I sh- I'm shocked the cartridge didn't explode. <laughs> First time I beat it, I explicitly, oh my gosh, turned the console off before I could see the end. <laughs> don't ask me. I don't know why. Just... I, was absolutely, I absolutely love this game. That's uh, hilarious. Frame, rate, yeah, frame rate, slowdowns and all, to me, it was what X-Wing, uh, which was released the same year, could have been. Oh, wow. I know different, I know different game types, um, such as Simulator versus Shooter. Uh, but Star Fox was way more fun. God damn it, Slippy. Trouble again? <laughs> uh, the stage in deep space with the creepy neon space manta ray thing was awesome. The asteroids with faces on them as you were trying to dodge oncoming crap in the wormhole. And lastly, the final boss was super creepy. Like a lawnmower man type thing. The... Polygonal? Polygonal? Yeah. yeah. Uh, face spewing tiles at you. That's it. My top 10 from 1993 i got a super nintendo that year for my birthday and i got a genesis for christmas it was a good year that's a great year
0: um, yeah. i played other
1: games on the list like mist breath of fire aladdin the disney platformer for genesis was uh was very good x-wing tie fighter was so much better though uh there were also some classics i never played SimCity 2000 sam and max hit the road shadow run but based solely on nostalgia and fun these are my picks see you guys later i enjoyed the podcast
0: charles thank you charles
1: uh, What's the last part?
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, he he wrote this after his signature.
1: I guess kind of a P.S. I consider giving myself a cool name like Chase the Night Cleaner, but I'm I'm late 30s dad who works nine to five desk job and squeezes in an hour, maybe two of gaming after the kids are in bed and the household chores are done. Sacrificing needed sleep just to play a game or two. I'm decidedly not cool, so no cool name. I, um, I got out the gaming business several years ago before the end of the PS3 slash 360 console generation because we had kids and I just didn't have the time. But my wife got me a PS4 for Christmas this past year. Uh, past six months, I've been getting back into gaming, but I found I don't have the drive for huge, huge sprawling RPGs like I used to, like Elder Scrolls, Fallout 3, Mass Effect. I wish there were more light shooters like Ratchet & Clank series. Um, if you guys have any recommend any recommendations, I'd love to hear them. I'm learning, though... That i can still enjoy rpgs i just can't be a completionist and have to play differently than i used to also games that demand a ton of time doing inventory management equipment are out life's too short spend uh to spend it shuffling around menus to sell for more gold than i'll ever spend
0: um for ps4 it's hard to say because i i don't i don't play that much on ps4 um surprisingly yeah, and i'm i i i'm kind of in the same boat where i get like maybe an hour or two here and there to play on the ps4 um i would this one might not be the best recommendation but i've had surprising success squeezing in that amount of time playing metal gear solid 5 um it's pretty it's it's a lot less uh, it's a lot more segmented than the other metal gear solid games if, if you've if you're familiar with any of those where it's like you'll, you have these, this list of missions that you can accept and typically one will take one or two hours or some, some are, some are really short. Some might take only like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, anywhere up to an hour. Some of the longer ones might take up to two hours, but, uh, I've been surprised at how I can pick up and play that one fairly easily without getting sucked into having to, you know, keep it on for three hours before I can come to a stopping point. So you may want to consider that one. Um, maybe, you know, I don't know if you play these types of games very much, but, you know, there's there's um, there's Rocket League on PS4. There is Fortnite on PS4. Those are, I'm not big into either of those, but they're, but those are definitely, you know, pretty easy pick up and play for a few minutes type games. You know, 10, 15, 30 minutes or so. Uh, the game sessions don't last super long on either of those, I don't think. So those might be uh, a couple go tos you might you might try out.
1: That's yeah, not a bad that's not a bad list actually.
0: Yeah, that's all I've got. Hopefully, maybe 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 one of those. I don't know. But anyways, thank you very much, Charles. Thank you yeah, for writing you. in. Keep on keep 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 on doing that writing in thing that you just did this time. You do you. Yeah. All right. Next one's from Ryan. Ryan says, hold on a second. Really short email this week. Here's my top 10 games from 1993. During my first cut, I had 19 games and pared it down to 10. 10, Secret of Mana. Uh, It was a great game, and I remember loving it when it came out. For some reason, I have tried recently to replay it, and it doesn't grab me like it did back then. Likely because the hitboxes in this game are awful, but I doubt that is the only reason. If my replay attempt two months ago had gone better, this likely would be higher on my list. Number nine, Mega Race. Probably not on anyone else's list, but this was the preloaded game on our Packard Bell PC. It was the first PC game I played since prior to that we had an old Mac Plus. It was the only PC racing game we had for a while. The only issue was that Packard Bell computers suck, so when it died, we lost this game. Huh, interesting. Number eight, Mutant League Football. My favorite not serious football game. It was, I was playing Blood Bowl... I was playing Blood Bowl tabletop football game, and this was the closest I got to playing a video game of it. Turbo Techies were my favorite team because Gil 9000 is the robot. <laughs> Madden NFL 94. This was the best NFL game I played in the 90s. I played the heck of, yeah! That's a, I, I had this on my list, as, as you've heard by now, Ryan. I might have to agree. Probably the best NFL game of the 90s. I played the heck out of this game and it was unfortunately when my younger brother finally found a genre of game that he could consistently beat me. For years, he would pick this game to try it and establish dominance on me. It of course didn't work, but he tried. Six, Disney's Aladdin. For Genesis, considered by most as the best Disney game in the 16-bit era, I had a friend that owned oh. this game and it is one of my favorite Genesis games. Number five, Star Wars X-Wing. My favorite PC f- flight sim ever. I played hours of this, trying all the different fighters. For some reason, I loved the A-Wing and used that as often as I could. I went out and bought a flight stick just so I could play it. Yeah, I bought a flight stick just for this as well. And I think my favorite was also the A-Wing. Because the A-Wing is the fastest. And that that just made it the most appealing and the most fun for me as well. Number four, Ogre Battle. Tactical yeah. RPG uh, before Final Fantasy Tactics was a thing. I don't even remember how I ended up with this game, but it is one of my favorite RPGs for the SNES. I loved it enough that I made sure to get a copy of the limited run on PlayStation. Number three, Star Fox. Super FX chip baby. Even though today the 3D is chunky and tough to look at, at the time it was amazing. Even if later Star Fox entries suck, this game was amazing. Number two, Mega Man X. After Mega Man 2, this is my favorite Mega Man game. I spent hours trying to master this game, and the platforming is probably the best of all SNES games. And number one, Doom. I absolutely loved this game and all its pixelated gore. It was during that year my parents started to ease up on what was quote appropriate just in time. The 3D engine Doom used was revolutionary and the main reason I gave it my number one spot is the fact that it is considered the granddaddy of the FPS genre. Honorable mentions, Breath of Fire, King Arthur's World, Lost Vikings, and Cannon fodder. Got to go, so I hope you get a ton of emails this week to make up for mine being so short. Oh, don't worry. We got a ton, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. We got a ton of like long ones, too. All right, Jay. What's so, up? You ready?
1: Is it a long one? That's a long one. Robert, what are you doing?
0: Who's this from? This is from Samuel, and you are good oh, to go. okay. Perfect.
1: Thank you, Samuel. Uh, Samuel says, <clears throat> that. what is the subject line, Robert? Um. Oh, is it the equal sign?
0: No, 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 no. Oh. It is, while this won't quite match the three emails I sent in last time, it very likely will be the longest single email I've written to your show so far.
1: Nice. Um, yep, he, said, he starts the email with, that may also be the longest email subject line I'll ever write. I'm just <laughs> tired of thinking about it. Hello to the hosts with the most and all you wonderful listeners out there. It's your friendly neighborhood blabbermouth with yet another ridiculously long email. Samuel says, first off, I was surprised to hear another listener from the Sacramento area. I can't remember who it was. I realized that I could go back and listen to the episode again, but it's much more enjoyable to see if you guys can remember who it was.
0: Nope. Uh, no, sorry. Don't remember Um,
1: that. But considering that it isn't the biggest city in the United States, it's pretty cool that multiple fans of the podcast live in the same city. Maybe we'll have to do organize some sort of meetup slash fan club thing.
0: Oh, yeah. It it may have been Jonathan, possibly.
1: Jonathan. Um, Second, I didn't get as much time to play 40 Winks as I would have liked. Don't worry, you didn't miss anything. I just started playing Pokemon (laughs) Go this past week. Um, A friend talked me into trying it, and I've kind of been playing it a lot. It's actually very fun, especially at the beginning. It doesn't help matters that I work in a densely populated area, and there are approximately 80,000 Pokestops and gyms out there. Jeez. But it's pretty enjoyable so far. I'm curious to see if any of my enthusiasm will continue for it during the horrible hot summer months. Nope, definitely not. Um, As for 40 Winks, well, I really liked the opening cinematic, but then the actual graphics were not quite on par with the intro video. The controls were okay, if a little floaty. I forgot how troublesome 3D action platformers are when they aren't well-crafted. Um, As I tried to go through two different levels, but found myself utterly lost each time and couldn't figure out where to go. The levels just felt like a bunch of similar looking corridors. It didn't seem like it didn't seem too bad, but I really couldn't bring myself to play it for more than an hour or so. I will say, though, that when I was walking through this spooky house and a giant spider jumped out and attacked me, I was legit scared for a couple seconds. (laughs) Overall, (laughs) roll randomly. Better next time, Robert. Jeez. Uh, next up, yeah, I'm going to drop a, a, a top one. ten on your. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to drop a top ten on your sweet asses.
0: Nice. Oh, nice.
1: As uh, soon as I heard what the list would be, I stopped what I was doing, and for the next 45 minutes or so, researched all the games. The Wikipedia list came out in 1993. Normally, this wouldn't be a big deal, but seeing as how I was listening to that episode at work at the time, let's just say it was time well spent. Anyway. Uh, So here are my top 10 games from 25 years ago. I had had to whittle down the list from over 20 games, and I still have a couple honorable mentions. I also tried to only pick out games that came came out in North America in 93, so there are many seemingly obvious games that I left out because they came out in Japan instead. Honorable mentions, Lufia and the Fortress of Doom, Super Mario All-Stars. While I'm not a huge fan of Lufia 1, I do love Lufia 2, and we couldn't have gotten gotten Lufia 2 without Lufia 1. And for Super Mario All-Stars, I realize it's a compilation of old NES games, but it did introduce the world to the lost levels and gave the game a, graf- a graphics and physics overhaul. Okay, on to the list uh, proper. Number 10, Zombies Ate My Neighbors for Super Nintendo. <laughs> I only played this game briefly, but it was a weird electric top-down shooter that was pretty fun until you got, it got murderously difficult. Great graphics, sound design, and fun co-op options. Number nine, Aladdin for the Genesis. I remember renting this one multiple times as a kid and it stuck with me. Very solid platformer with amazing graphics. Though that level where you fly in the magic carpet trying to avoid advancing waves and lava killed me every time. Fuck that level. That was so stupid. (laughs) Number eight. That was me talking, by the way. Uh, Number eight, Gunstar Heroes for the Genesis. Consistently ranked one of the best Genesis games ever made. It's a crazy awesome shooter with co-op. I should play this since I have it both on Wii U Virtual Console and the Steam via the Sega Mega Sack Pack. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Number seven, Batman, the animated series for Game Boy. A licensed game? Hmm. What? Actually, this was a fun platform where you play as both Batman and Robin. Though I never never beat the game because Mr. Freeze was an asshole. He was not a, an ice guy. Ah, uh, punny, <laughs> funny, 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 funny. Number nice. six. Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I wouldn't be surprised if this is on everyone's list. Um, it is a very influential fighting game, still considered to be one of the best fighting games ever made. The only reason it's, on, it's so low on my list is because I'm not a huge fan of fighting games and I liked other games on my list more. Number five, okay. Battletoads and Double Dragons for the NES Super Nintendo. The NES version was a huge part of my childhood, even though it was ridiculously difficult. Uh, it was a consistent rental for me thanks to its memorable bosses and insane levels. Number four, NBA Jam for the Arcade. I saw Snestrunk asking on Twitter if arcade games counted, and I'm fairly certain this is why he asked. Though I suppose we'll have to wait and see if this is actually the case. (laughs) Simply put, an arcade-style sports game that even non-sports fans enjoyed. Yeah, actually, that's a very good point. Still probably my favorite sports game ever made. Number three, Sonic Spinball for the Genesis. Most people hate this game. I love it. It was one of the few Genesis games I owned growing up and I played the ever-loving shit out of it. Ever-living, sorry. Oh no, ever-loving, he was right. Ever-loving shit out of it. I will freely admit it has many flaws, but nostalgia has gripped me firmly by the balls in regards to this game. There are some games that I'm similar in that regard, so I, I can understand it. Number two, Kirby's Adventure for the ni- uh, regular Nintendo. This game established many of the, the tenets that Kirby games to this day. Wow, follow.
0: exactly what you said.
1: Yeah, copying powers, big mini bosses, etc., and the incredible graphics and music. One of the best NES games by far. And number one, The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. Pretty well, my favorite Zelda game. An impressive, and imp- and an impressive achievement to get a huge fan onto a Game Boy cart. Um, Sure, Link's Awakening DX for the Game Boy Color was a superior version, but it was still a technical achievement and a wonderful game overall. Finally, a word I'm sure you're thinking about right now because sweet, merciful McGillicuddy. Uh, I'm curious if you guys or any of your listeners uh, might be interested in some form of a tabletop RPG. Absolutely. I'm actually considering on purchasing one right now. One of my friends plays one and he's been telling me about it. I don't know the name off the top, but I'm getting more and more into tabletop stuff. So... Um, absolutely um i believe you both mentioned enjoying doing some good old-fashioned dungeon crawling and i'm betting uh a few of the regulars are dice rollers too just putting out the, an idea out there uh for a possible tabletop group one of these days anyways that's all for now i can hear you guys sighing with relief now if you'll excuse me i'll be refreshing various websites obsessively until this the nest classic goes on sale <laughs> here's hope here's hoping one i get before they sell out in 30 seconds thanks as always for being fantastic samuel Good luck, everyone. As Robert said, hopefully it's not as bad as last time getting your hands on one.
0: Yeah. As for a tabletop game, right now, I I I don't know about you, Jay, but oh, I definitely don't scheduling. have time to add anything else. In scheduling is a bitch. But uh, it's
1: true. It is very true.
0: But that would be awesome if like if they had a group that set up a um like a tabletop game. I don't know. For some, for some reason, that would be. I think that would be really cool if they had a like, in the
1: Sacramento area. Okay.
0: In the Sacramento area. <laughs> All right. Another one from Jonathan. Or is this the first one? Yeah, this is the second one from Jonathan. Jonathan says, hey, ladies. (laughs) haha. Now that I've listened to the cast in its entirety, I felt the need to respond again. I can't believe that I forgot about Donkey Kong Country for the soundtrack I'd like to listen to. I know, right?
1: It's a sleeper.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Jay for thinking of that one. What up? Uh, Also kind of shocked that no one thought of Pokemon as an option. I almost crashed Interesting. My, I almost crashed my car when Rob said halo's theme song made him think of ace Ventura <laughs>
1: I still don't, I don't remember that connection how did you
0: connect with him oh, oh
1: oh
2: yeah bro. right 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 okay thank you oh, my
0: God. Yeah. <laughs> Sam talked about going balls deep this past week LOL <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's a perfect sentence. He bought a bunch of games that he may never play. Funny enough, he actually has his own podcast that is devoted to playing through all the random games he has bought over the years.
1: Robert, you need one of those.
0: <laughs> Wait, so Sam has... Is, is this is this real? Sam has this? Or is this a joke?
1: I don't so, know. If so, that's really cool.
0: That's cool. I would like to listen about this. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. It looks real. He says... Um, As you played through the views. now thanks to his balls deep expenditure, he may never run out. Anyway, it's called the Backlog Monologue Podcast. Give it a listen. Ah, very cool. Okay, sweet. Backlog Monologue Podcast. Uh, Andrew finally wrote in and discussed his love for Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, Gonna be honest, I liked the game a lot too back then. Still, the gameplay didn't really stand the test of time. What did, though, was Triple Triad the card or Triple Triad the card game. I've searched for similar experiences or straight rip-offs for years. I've never found an experience quite like it. Some of the elemental and reversal rules were kind of dumb, but the game overall was fun enough to make me want to play Final Fantasy VIII torture all over again. I mean, that's a serious (laughs) minigame. No one wants to relive Final Fantasy X just to play Blitzball, but Triple Triad was so good. Do you agree with that, Jay? Was that a good?
1: Yeah, it's fun. That's that's one of the things I think is redeeming about it.
0: I'm slowly but surely finding my way to owning a Nintendo Switch. I I have a second job at the restaurant and work one day a week. Every time I work, I put aside $20 for the system. I'm $100 in, and in two months should be able to afford it. Nice. I'm really excited to try Mario Odyssey and Project Octopath. Also, some indies that that, that aren't being released for the PS4, like Hollow Knight. Call me crazy, but this might be the last system I buy for a while. I don't think that's crazy at all. Yeah. It's kind of the best of both, of both worlds. Congrats for 11 emails this week. Really setting the bar. Haha. Ha. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, I think that's exactly as many as we have this week, too. Or maybe even 12 now. I, no, I think we got 12. But actually, last week we had 12 also because we missed Simon's, so it's tied again. So, on my last email, I mentioned... How players could play as rough or Tumble in 40 Winks. I wrestled with the fact that I didn't know how the girl player operated. After all, uh, did she have a different move set? Did she have her own superhero types that could be played? And was and what was beyond that girl's only room? I tried. I really did. But I didn't beat a single level. Her moves were slower than her brother's. Oh, that's interesting. This made the enemies more difficult to hit and they slaughtered me. I mean, I was less inspired to try to try too. So maybe that's part of it but I even tried two different levels. makes me think that maybe that was on purpose. Like maybe playing the boy was easy slash normal and the girl normal slash hard. I didn't do any research to back up this theory. The hero moves were the same and and there weren't any distinguishable differences that I could tell. I did not make it to the girl's only room, so I guess I may never know. Sad face. Until next time. Thank you again, Jonathan. And we have a third one from Jonathan. Title of the email is Street Fighter. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Why is Jay so salty about Kingdom Hearts 3? I mean, it's a cool premise with cool characters and a game we grew up with. I do understand the frustration with the 18 spin offs that the series had while we all waited for this game, but they do similar things with the Final Fantasy series, too. In it's my true. opinion, this game looks awesome and could be a home run. It may be the next PS4 game I buy at release. The only other was Final Fantasy 15.
1: I just have very little hopes for it, in all honesty. I just, I don't know. I I've, I feel like I've grown, a, grown out of Kingdom Hearts. I feel like the story is too simplistic. It's just, in, in a sense, it's like almost too childish. I, I just, I can't take it seriously. I, I that That's kind of the bottom line for me. That's why I just don't have high hopes for it. It may be a great game, and anybody who enjoys it, by all means. But I'm just super frustrated because I loved Kingdom Hearts 1 uh, when I was younger, and I can't even play it now. I legitimately cannot even play it now. I just can't take it seriously. Hmm. Except for
0: Goofy, <laughs> that's good safe. Then again, it could just be that Jay was getting tired. He seems to talk less and be irritable towards the end of the longer right. podcast. Oh well, later. P.S. Why name it Street Fight? You say it's simple, just to hear the words roll off Rob's tongue once more. Of course, <laughs> there you go. Hey, I got another. I got another one for you right here. Street Fighter. All right, Jay, got one for you. This is from Simon. This is the one that she wrote for this episode. Subject line is limited opportunity. All caps, don't miss out.
1: All right. Simon starts with esteemed friends of the excellent website, classicgamingpodcast.com. I have (laughs) some very important information to impart with you. You see... I am a Nigerian prince without an heir and would like to share some of my fortune to help you build an audience for your website, ClassicGamingPodcast.com. In order to receive funds, please provide me with your GOG username and password. Please also ensure that you have a valid credit card details stored within your account. Please do not provide your Steam details instead, as I have issued a royal decree banning the use of Steam client in my kingdom. Jay will be most welcome here as he expressed views in line with our philosophy. Let's be clapping. Um, As evidence of my credentials, please accept my top 10 list of games from 1993. Number 10, Super Mario All-Stars. Okay, so this should probably be higher on the list, but I'm putting it at number 10 because I'm not even sure if a collection of remakes counts. You're damn right it counts, Simon. It counts. My first ever game console was a SNES my brother and I got uh, for Christmas in 1993, a decision my parents presumably regretted because they refused to ever buy me another console and I had to save up to buy all the others myself. For some reason, ours came with Super Mario All Star instead of Super Mario World, but it was all we needed for months. Hmm. These days, I tend to prefer NES graphics for the first Super Mario Brothers, but I do not. I still, but I do still have a soft spot in. Uh, for, excuse me for the SNES versions of two and three. Number nine, Kirby's Adventure. I'm not a massive Kirby fan, but this game is pretty impressive, particularly with the graphics, which really pushed the NES to the limits. Every time I see it, it just doesn't seem right. An S game shouldn't be able to do that. Number eight, SimCity 2000. Probably not much I can say about this uh, that hasn't already been said on the podcast. I haven't played it for years, but I had a lot of fun with it back in the day, and it's possibly still the best city-building game ever made. I make this claim having played probably no more than three city-building games in my entire life. That's all of them. There's only three. Uh, <laughs> number seven, A Legend of Corandia. For some reason, I got second. I got the second game in the series back when it came out. But only played the first one a couple years ago, thanks to God. Um, it does it does have some design flaws when looking at it from a modern perspective, but overall I found it pretty enjoyable. Admittedly, a lot of enjoyment came from making fun of all the nonsense, nonsensical things the main characters say, but it was enjoyment nonetheless. Number six, EcoQuest. I'm not sure whether this would stand up to modern adult audience playing it for the first time, but as an animal nerd receiving this for my ninth birthday, I was pretty sure this uh, the per- I. I was pretty much the perfect target market. This was the Dolphin game, right, Robert? I think I played this.
0: No, you're thinking of Echo, i oh, okay. okay. um, I'm not familiar with EcoQuest. Okay.
1: Um, because it's designed for kids, it doesn't have the deaths and death ends that Sierra games are known for, so it has that going for it. I also personally think it does a great job of sending a message about ecology and pollution to kids by waving it, in, in, it into a fun story instead of just beating them around it Uh, around the head with it it definitely feels more like a game with a with a message than a message disguised as a game it also contains direct references to monkey island and it's not done in mockery like the loom reference in space quest 4 that blew my mind as a kid who always assumed that lucasarts and sierra were were like eternally locked in a better rivalry rivalry with each other number five Link's awakening the first Zelda game i ever played I didn't really understand it at first because I'd never played anything like it before, so I don't think I actually got very far, but I but I still thought it was really cool and impressive for the Game Boy. Number four, Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Fathers. I only played this for the first time a few years ago and was disappointed that I hadn't discovered it sooner. It feels much more modern than any than excuse me, it feels much more modern than other Sierra games of the era, with more focus on story. Better puzzles and voice acting that isn't performed by whichever member of the admin staff had nothing better to do at the time. Yep. Uh, it's a shame the main character is completely unlikable, but it sort of works out in the context of the story, and it's still a great game overall. Number three, *Dave the Tentacle*. I don't tend to rank this as highly in the order of Lucas Arts adventures as other people do, but it's still an amazing and is, it's still amazing and deserves to be in the top three of the year. Really clever and unique puzzle designs, great writing, and fun cartoony graphic style. Uh, Number two, Simon the Sorcerer. Clearly the best Sierra Sierra game of all time by (laughs) virtue of the fact that it's not a Sierra game.
0: (laughs) And number one. Very nice. uh, Uh,
1: Number one, Sam and Max hit the road. Everyone likes Day of the Tentacle uh, better, but out of the two 1993 LucasArts adventures, I've always preferred Sam and Max. The story isn't particularly interesting, but the humor always gelled with me more than Dave the Tentacles. I do feel kind of weird ranking it above Simon the Sorcerer because I sort of just assumed I would make Simon the Sorcerer number one for sentimental reasons. But when I stop and think about it, I guess Sam and Max is a better designed game. Probably. I don't know. I've never had to compare them before, so it's weird. And that concludes this week's spam. Stay tuned for the next tips on finding Hot Singles new area and oh, making nice. $1,000 an hour working from home. Okay, if you have that, definitely email me.
0: Either one. Oh, I, I thought that was one. One thing. Mm. Email me that one. Oh, interesting. All right. Cool. Chase the Night Cleaner. Top, ten, top five games of 1993. Oh, he's only given us five. He's, he's, Chase. Come on.
1: What are you, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff the Night Cleaner?
0: Chase says, Hello, gentlemen. Thanks, as always. Making time for your show. In your show for your audience. Chase the Night Cleaner. Coming in for one heck of a top five okay he's building this one up 1993 was a pretty interesting year for releases and here are mine in no numerical order a master of orion for pc slash dos the first grand space strategy game 4x i ever played this game helped lay the foundations of a genre i would grow to love and is the genesis of the great games we enjoy today like stellaris and endless space I spent days just trying to figure out how to play this game, and once I had mastered it, I spent months playing it. Until Master of Orion 2 came out and eclipsed this game in every way. B. Doom uh, Doom for PC slash DOS. Such a big deal at the time of its release. One hell of a granddaddy of FPS. See what I did because you like go to hell and stuff? Ah, okay, I got it. I get it. Along with its older brother, Wolfenstein. It was hard to escape this game growing up in the 90s, and I played both this and Doom 2 a whole lot. C, Syndicate for PC DOS. A real-time isometric isometric espionage game in the cyberpunk near future? Sign me up. This game has its flaws, but for the time, Bullfrog created uh, an an incredible squad-based spy game where you literally were the rich bad guy trying to dominate the rest of the other rich bad guys. Had a bunch of systems similar to XCOM, like research and inventory management. Also, cars were one of the deadliest weapons early game until lasers and rockets were commonplace. D. Of Super Mario All Super Super Mario All Stars for SNES. This is really a, popped up a lot more than I would have thought. Hands down, one of the best ways to play Super Mario One, Two, and Three. All of these games brought up to sixteen bit, brought up to sixteen bit graphics with new sprites and upgraded music. What's not to like? When this released, some folks thought, why? But not me. The upgrades were amazing, and it is still my preferred way to play the old Mario games. And E, Battletoads in Battle Maniacs for the SNES. The best Battletoads game ever made. Incredible 16-bit graphics, great sound and music, uh, great level design, and the same cruel difficulty you would come to expect from this series. Give this one a try at least once if you can. The game looks... And control is amazing. And even if you only get through the first two levels, they are still fun. Until the tree spikes and jet until the tree spikes and jet bikes slow. And now for my questions of the day: What was one of your favorite TV shows to come out in 1993? Hell, if I know, for me it was Animaniacs. That show. Oh,
1: wow, that's a good one.
0: That show. I was. I never really watched Animaniacs. That show. show had some ridiculously awesome. And oh, fourth yeah. wall breaking uh, moments. Low was key actually inappropriate too. Oh, is it really?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. There's a... Dude, ready for this? Walker, oh, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Boy Meets World. Uh, the Nanny. <laughs> Frasier. X-Files. Holy shit. There's a lot of good shows that came out this year. Um... Is there anything else? WWE Raw. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead.
0: Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Saved by the
1: Bell. Oh, college years. Who cares?
0: Beavis and Butthead maybe mine. Space
1: Ghost. Space Ghost came out in 93. Are you
0: kidding me? 93? Wow. I thought it was earlier than that. Damn. I thought it was later. You thought it was earlier?
1: Yeah. Wow. Legends of the Hidden Temple came out in 93. (laughs) Oh, shit. Rocco's Modern Life. That was good. Sonic the Hedgehog. Veggie Tales. Oh, my gosh.
0: Two Stupid Dogs.
1: Bill Nye, the Science Guy, came out in that year.
0: A lot of these are really famous, but there are ones that I never. Oh, late. Okay, Late Night with Conan O'Brien. There, that's 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 mine. That's
1: his first chance. Yeah, for, first time at that. If
0: that one, if you're not counting that one for whatever reason, I'm going to go with Beavis and Butthead. Wow. By hundred percent, Conan.
1: I don't know. Any of these are crazy good. I watched so much uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when I was younger, even though it's complete dog shit.
0: Yeah, I never watched it really. I didn't ever like it. It's terrible.
1: Yeah, I guess I'll go with that. I mean, there's so many good ones.
0: Yeah, there's a lot on here. Good question. Uh, he's, Is that the end of his email? That's it for me, gentlemen. Um, Thanks, as always, for everything that you do, and hopefully this section is a bit less salty this time around. Cheers, Jason Night Cleaner. Was it salty last time? I didn't remember that.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that either.
0: I, mean, I, don't, I don't either. We got one left. I'll let you do the honors.
1: Of course you would. Come back, Robert.
0: This is from uh, Jeff.
1: Oh, he doesn't have a top ten though.
0: Uh, it looks like he does actually.
1: Oh, Jeff, coming in, redeeming yourself. All right, Jeff says, looking at the games from 1993, I was a little bit disappointed. As many RPGs as I have played. I have not yet gotten around to Illusion of Gaia, Secret of Mana, or the first Lufia game. And the most obvious great game of the year, Mega Man X, I had only tried briefly when I first got my SNES Classic. After on 8 to 10 attempts to beat uh, Chilly, Chill Penguin, I decided I am ju- just not good enough for 2D platformers anymore. But in the interest of this list, I gave X another attempt a few days ago. Uh, Chill Penguin was again being very unchill and whooping my ass. But I was showing progress. Now that I got it, uh, now that I got it in my head, that I need to incorporate the new tactics of wall climbing and charge shot. When I finally beat him, I breezed through the next three levels and bosses. I, uh, bosses. I tried dying only once the entire die. Wait, I tried dying I, I, only.
0: Uh, I think the emphasis here is. When I finally beat him, I breezed through the next three levels and bosses I tried, dying only once the entire time.
1: Ah, okay. Thank you. Um, when I get some more time, I'll see if if I find that Penguin was the fluke or if there are any more roadblocks ahead. Anyways, on to my top ten, and I'll keep the rest brief. Uh, shout out to Plumbers Don't Wear Ties and a game, <laughs> yeah. oh <my> God, <laughs> and a game called For Realzies. For Tinkle Pit, both came up <laughs> in my Pit.
0: search. That's the, holy shit, Tinkle Pit? Pit!
1: Tinkle Pit. I don't want to know. Uh, both I'm came up in my up. search, but just missed the cut. Number ten, Cool Spot Genesis. I played this game. I almost put this on my list too. That's so funny. Uh, number nine, uh, Cool Spot. By the way, was from Seven Up. It was the it was a red. Spot. It was a ridiculous game.
0: Yeah, it's a little uh, number, the little red guy from Seven Up. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: sunglasses and and black arms with white gloves. I like had
0: that on house. Sega Genesis.
1: Uh number 9 Chippendale Rescue Rangers 2 for the regular Nintendo. Both of my first two are fun picks. Uh pick wait. Both of my first two are fun pick up and play platformers. Yeah. Perfect for a rental back in the day. That's actually a very good point. Yeah, actually I rented Cool spot I never bought it. Uh number 8 Day of the Tentacle. Not my type of game, but I had some fun with it. Number 7 Mega Man X for the Super Nintendo number 6 Mortal Kombat 2 for the arcade. Number 5 Samurai Showdown for the arcade. I had almost as much uh, with I had almost as much with these as I did Street Fighter 2 back in the day. Samurai Showdown in particular because they had it at the Shakey's pizza where I often went with my little my little league teams. Number 4 Breath of Fire for Super Nintendo. This is an above average RPG that has an extra shine for me because of my love for the third series. Number three, NBA jams for the Genesis. His comment says, duh. Number two, Mutant League football for Genesis. This is probably too high, but my younger brother and I had so many good times with this ridiculous game. And number one, Robert, NHL 94. For <laughs> um, when it comes to sports game, this, is, this one has GOAT status in my book. Yeah, join the club. Nice. Uh, While well, I'm pretty pleased with myself, another year, another list that I absolutely nailed and objectively did the best at. Second place, Jay. Honorable mention to the other emailers and better luck next time. Next year,
0: Rob. Later. <laughs> Thanks, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Well done. Damn. What well, that's going to do is so we had a pretty fucking killer uh, email section this time. Yeah.
1: Thank you, guys. As always.
0: I don't think my throat's ever going to be the same, but. That's what she said. <laughs>
1: Listen, that was way too you that can't was... say that and expect me not to respond with it. No, that was... I'm an adult, but I'm still a child.
0: Come on. <laughs> I'll remember that one. That one that one was good. Uh, what else do we have left to talk about? Uh current gaming subcast. Let's 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 do a fast one.
1: Oh, here we go. I'm gonna call it again, Robert. <laughs> for Forty five minutes.
0: Mine actually is fast as time. First, do you have anything?
1: Honestly, no. my My brain is like sludge at this point.
0: Yeah, minus two. Uh, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine is too. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Uh, this just came out on this. Is... So this was originally released on Wii U. It just came out for Switch and 3DS. Oddly enough, I actually purely by coincidence just finished up the Wii U version. I've been I I got it. I want to say like two years ago for Christmas, and I've sort of been playing it off and on since then. And uh, just by coincidence, I f- finished it at the same time that it came out on these other two platforms. And this is a fun little game. It is, it's, it's. I want to say puzzle platformer, but that's a little bit mis- misleading. It's much more puzzle
1: platformer RTS real time.
0: <laughs> it is one hundred percent. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. it's a puzzle platformer, but it's different from most other puzzle platformers. A little bit more emphasis on the puzzle aspect. So the thing is, you're Toad. And you each each level, you're in this confined level. and it's a three d space. And usually most of the levels are kind of uh, like cubic. So imagine kind of a cubic room or slice of an environment, and you can kind of see you know all around. you can pan the camera around or whatever. And you're walking through and basically trying to find there's a star in each level. And to beat the level, you have to find the star. But there's also three diamonds. And you you want to try to find the diamonds as well. As you progress through the game, you have to have found a certain amount of diamonds to keep on going. So that's kind of where they come into play. And Toad cannot jump, so every so you got so you, like to get to higher places, you might have to climb ladders or figure out how to get up there. And then sometimes you might have to fall down a level, but you got to be careful when you do that because then you're gonna have to find a way back up again. And the whole thing is based on trying to figure out how to get to these weird spots in the level that that don't seem very obvious just from looking at them. I don't think I did a really good job of explaining it because it's a lot more fun than I think I just made it sound. Uh it's not an amazing game, but it is a it's a fun cute little game and uh it it does have a lot of uh you you'll get a lot of hours out of it if if you try if you try to play it to completion because I pro- I don't know how many hours I've gotten, but I would say at least 15 maybe 20 even um so it's a fun game if you if, if you're in the mood for something like that that's all i have for the current gaming subcast how's that nice
1: that's good 45 minutes later
0: <laughs> all right well, that's gonna do it i think for this episode we will discuss the new game of the quarter next uh, on the next episode thank you everybody who wrote in about this game of the quarter, I think that was fun. It was it was actually a success. I, I didn't know if it was going to work. Everybody out Everybody
1: tried to do the same thing. They tried to be positive,
0: positive. <laughs> and I like. I think it's hilarious that we all had basically the exact same opinion about the game. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. It was I? A- but uh, but yeah. So we'll we'll figure out the next game of the quarter. I had a. I think that turned out to be a whole lot of fun. I liked hearing everybody else's thoughts. Uh, quick a quick shout out to ludog eighty who left us an iTunes review. He says, I've been li- I've been listening for about a year and really enjoy this podcast. When it releases the next episode, I will stop listening to anything else until I finish it. Robert and Yeah, I know. How about that? Robert and Jay are funny. That is the best compliment I've ever got. Yeah, I was going to say. And have some interesting insights on games. I enjoy hearing the retro games they are playing each podcast. The email section may very well be the best section. Ludog80. Thank you, Ludog80.
1: Yeah,
0: thank you very much. Um, I think that's going to do it. Leave us. If you haven't left us a a review on iTunes, please do so. It'll help us out. Uh, And then also, tell everybody you know to listen to the Classic Gaming Podcast. Email us, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. We haven't discussed what the top five is going to be next time. I'm going to pull up a a quick list real fast. We're not going to spend any time figuring this out if we can't figure it out immediately. I felt like I had a million ideas but I'm not seeing anything standing out right now. So we will, um, we'll figure this out in between episodes. I'll post it on, I'll post it on Twitter at class games cast. We'll post what the next top five is going to be. Sorry. We didn't cover that in this episode. We always forget to do that. Um, at class games cast. I am at King Octavius again, email us mail at classic gaming but whatever the hell you feel like. Thank you again. I know I've said this a million times, but one more big thank you to everybody who wrote in. This was an Seriously. amazing email section. Guys. This episode and last, it's it's been consistently pretty awesome. Past few I episodes. Um, Jay, you have anything else? You got you got anything to, to cap us off with?
1: Mm, we're going to do a holiday weekend. Well, holiday week. It's so weird that it's on a Wednesday. So I guess anybody who's uh, using their PTO the to create a really long week. Yeah, I know a lot of people are taking off like Monday, Tuesday, or. Uh, thursday friday so enjoy your time off i know a lot of people are doing that right now
0: have fun be safe play some patriotic yeah. video games America. and we'll see you guys in two weeks thanks thanks again for listening